It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Using free speech to free minds. You're listening to The David Knight Show. As the clock strikes 13, it's Thursday, the 14th of July, year of our Lord 2022. Day 853 of the emergency. And the takedown of our economy that began with the lockdown, the declaration of not being essential, is now accelerating. As Biden has poured gasoline on this dumpster fires, I tweeted out yesterday. I said, uh, have, uh, will we reach the point where Biden's approval rate is lower than the inflation rate? Guess what? I think we're already there. We'll talk about that. By the way, Twitter is not working today. I uh, thought they had banned me, but it seems like it's down for everybody. Uh, Twitter is not working. But if you're listening uh, elsewhere, uh, then keep that in mind. That you don't want to be limited to just one platform. We'll be right back. Stay with us. going to have uh, joining us later in the program, a physician, uh, Dr. Bennett Cecil, who's been uh, writing me for several years. And I would uh, never use his name because I, I never know about that type of thing. But he sent me some information the other day that I thought was so important. I said, would you like to come on and talk about that? And he has consented to do that. So he's going to be joining us in the third hour. Very important information that applies to all of us, but also uh, to children and the vaccine. So he'll be joining us in the third hour. As I was saying, uh, will Biden's approval rate go below that of the inflation rate? Well, you know, the interesting thing is inflation, they say, rose 9.1% in June. That surprised them. They were only expecting it to be 8.9%. But of course, that is the way that they have, uh, their, their new way 
their new way of calculating inflation to make themselves look better. Uh, they uh, changed that in the 90s. And so when you look at inflation rate of uh, 9.1%, that's not the full story yet. And uh, some of the things as they are calculating it now, their own calculations, they say energy prices surged 7.5% for the month. Uh, energy prices were up 41.6%, nearly 42% on an annual basis from last year. And I think that is the key takeaway from all this. That is the harbinger of the inflation that's coming. It takes a while. The, you see the price rise in energy, and it takes a while for that to percolate through the entire system. And when it does, uh, expect that we're going to see uh, something that is, even by their calculations, uh, 40% inflation. Uh, this is insanity, but that is the harbinger of what's coming. Much of the inflation rise came from gasoline prices, which increased 11.2% on the month and just shy of 60% for the year. Gasoline prices. Mission accomplished. Uh, this has been the purpose, right? Uh, it's going to be a painful transition, but I'm going to uh, push you into this Davos Green New Deal, the UN 2030 agenda. It's going to be painful for you, but we're going to do whatever it takes. Well, that includes world war, whatever it takes. We're going to push you into that prison. And electricity costs, by the way, went up 1.7% uh, for the month, but 13.7% for the year. So it takes a while for some of these things to percolate through. But just uh, when you look at how uh, the oil and the energy issues are coming through. And again, the electricity doesn't go up as much because not all the electricity is being generated by the uh, things that they are now banning. Uh, but you see it in the food as well. Uh, airline fares were up by 34% uh, from a year ago. Uh, food overall up about 12%. One person said uh, who's in the trucking industry, senior vice president, of fleet operations for Fleet Advantage, a leasing and asset management company for the trucking industry, uh, said, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Do you? Are you sure that's not a train that is <laughs> headed your way head on? And, and so the inflation rate is supposedly 9.1%, that 0.2% uh, higher than they expected. That freaked out the markets. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's, it's higher than even the high figure that we were looking at. So is the Federal Reserve going to jump interest rates by full 100 basis points, by full percent? And this, um, and what is coming in a week or so, it's, it's towards the end of July that they're going to look at this. And uh, it's the highest in more than 40 years than what they have calculated here. But um, later in the day, you had uh, supposedly a leak from somebody within the Federal Reserve saying, no, 100 basis points is off the table. But it will be 75. And it was just a couple of weeks ago, they're saying, will it be 75 or 50? You know, that was the bet. I don't know. Now it's going to be a solid 75, maybe 100. But they're saying, no, we don't think it's going to be 100. But here's the real inflation rate. The real inflation rate, as we've talked about in the past, shadow stats. And uh, when we looked at the June inflation rate, it was 17.3%. And, um, so that has been there uh, for a while. And that is if you calculate it the way that they always used to calculate it before they changed it in the early nineties. 
So if you calculate it by that measure, then this is actually the worst that we've had in 50 years, not 40 years. Because back when you had the inflation at the end of the 1970s under Carter, it got up to 15%. And uh, maybe that was uh, into the early 1980s, but I don't believe it was. I don't believe, I, I think the inflation peaked under Carter. I could be mistaken. I'm going by memory. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, the highest through that episode, which began with an energy shock, of course, uh, that's how you get a recession and inflation by attacking energy. That's why they're doing it. That's by design. They know exactly what they have to do. And there's no talk this time around about how do we protect ourselves? How do we get some energy? No, no, no. They're still actively, as all of this stuff is exploding on us, they're still actively pulling the wings off of the plane. As we sat here in our seats, and I'm like, you know, William Shatner in the Twilight Zone. You see what they're doing out there? It's just your imagination. Nothing happened. Those gremlins, they are not real. Yeah, but, but they are. <laughs> the wing is coming off. Uh, so when we go back and we look at uh, where we were in the last episode, whether uh, that happened in the late 1970s or the early 1980s, it only got up to 15%. Now, by calculating it the same way, we're at 17%. And if we're at 17, a little bit over 17%, if we're at 17%, and only 18% of Americans say that Biden should run again for re-election. He's right there. As a matter of fact, uh, he could be already underwater in terms of his approval being under the inflation rate. I wonder if we've ever seen that before. <laughs> It'd be interesting to go back and see if Jimmy Carter's approval was below the inflation rate. Uh, but Biden's is. It's, it's right there or below. And so what do you hear from the White House? Well, this guy, Brian Deese, that we talked about, the guy who uh, last week uh, was saying that um, <laughs> we have a liberal world order. Remember this clip? Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Yeah, that's all that matters. Their future, their world order with them at the top, and you as a slave. That's the only thing that matters. And that's what the new liberal world order is. We should call it the, uh, instead of the NWO, the new world order, we should call it the new, uh, the uh, NLWO. That'll confuse the censors on Twitter and social media for a while. <laughs> uh, they already know who I am. Uh, anyway, uh, so this same guy, Brian Dees, comes out and says, um, well, um, uh, this inflation report doesn't reflect the past 30 days. It was on Twitter. <laughs> He's pushing back against the inflation. They said, Dees nuts? <laughs> yeah, the meme. Uh, spell it differently, but yeah, uh, D's is nuts. Brian D's is nuts. And he has a long time uh, experience pushing the liberal, the new liberal world order. He was doing it at BlackRock at BlackRock. As I pointed out, he was head of ESG environmental social governance. That's how they intend to govern you with the uh, critical race theory and with environmentalism. 
That's how they're going to govern you, and they're going to do it through the corporations, and they're going to do it through BlackRock, which is blackmailing all these corporations. They've got a portfolio of $10 trillion, and they tell these corporations, either you do what we say, and they've got an, they've got an entire system now where they rate their ESG. I mean, forget about Dun and Bradstreet. Uh, for, forget about Moody's. You know, those were things that were based on profits and stuff like that. You know, uh, the things that we used to base corporations on. But no, no, now they get a social credit score as well. And the social credit score is far more important than whether or not they make profits. And this is what the Democrats want as part of the new liberal world order. They want to make sure that they have a seat on the board, that they are directing the priorities of these companies. And the fact is that that's why. You have Coca-Cola saying all white people are racist, and that's why uh, you have NASCAR coming after its own fans and every one of these corporations, because they don't care about the money anymore, because the money is really coming from this fiat system and its fiat currency. The government can tell people to do whatever they wish, and then they can define the meaning of money, and they can print as much of this imaginary magical money tree, the MMT. Modern monetary theory, they don't, they, they just make up the money and they make up the rules and they tell you, you know, hey, you do what we want with ESG and you're good. We'll give you monopolies and we'll pay you with monopoly money. And so he was running, Brian Dees was running ESG at BlackRock, the blackmail company, the blackmail fund. <laughs> Larry Fink, biggest pusher of this you're going to see anywhere else. And, and, uh, you know, they, they can blackmail. You either do what we say with ESG, those values. You promote those values. You push them in the face of everybody, or we're going to dump your stock. And so Brian Deese now says, as he said, well, it doesn't matter. You know, this is, we're going to do whatever it takes to, to get us there. Uh, he doesn't care about what you go through. The whole point is to take everything away from you. They've already told you that. And so um, now... In terms of this inflation report, he says it doesn't reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days, and that is a significant decline in gas prices over the last 30 days. He said down 40 cents. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. As a matter of fact, I just pointed out that if you look at the gasoline prices, they're up 60 cents, 60% 60 rather, not 60 cents, but they're up 60% over a year ago, and what was it? I think it was 11% uh, over the last, um, last month. Yeah, 11.2%, 11 and a quarter percent over the month. But he says, no, that's gone down by 40 cents. This guy's lying to you. Probably gone up by 40 cents, but it's gone up by 60% over the last year. And he said, uh, you know, that June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices. Well, if it was driven by energy prices, then how did it go up? How did it, if it was mainly driven by energy prices, as Brian Dees said, then how did the inflation rate go so high if the energy prices and the gasoline prices went down? Maybe he's not saying that gasoline is energy. Is that what he's saying? Uh, look, he's just, he's just pulling your leg. He's lying about all this stuff. There is no way to make any sense out of what he's saying. And, and when you look at what I've always said, you know, you wanna, you've got a problem with your product or with your institution. What do you do? 
you focus on that. And I said the first time I ever saw that was with uh, a Volkswagen Rabbit that I had that uh, eventually <laughs> it was uh, pointed out that uh, they're one of the worst vehicles in terms of jamming the steering wheel into the chest and face of the driver in an accident. And yet, what did they say? When I bought the car in 1978, uh, the brochure said, uh, we've done, they offered that as a feature. Look at what we've done. We, we've got a, uh, a, uh, an articulation point here in the steering wheel that breaks away so that that doesn't happen. It's like, hmm, I never thought about uh, the steering wheel being jammed into somebody's uh, chest and face and killing them. Oh, that's nice. They thought about that. Isn't that thought? That's a great. So they make the thing that was one of the worst features of the car into a selling point. <laughs> it's kind of like Pinto talking about their gas tank placement as being a feature of the car when it gets hit in the back and blows up. Yeah, it's a feature. It's not a bug. It's a feature. It's, it's smart. We designed it that way, and it's going to protect you in a crash. And so this, this guy is saying the same thing. You know, when the problem is gasoline prices, he presents it as something that declined. He just flat out lies. He takes the worst inflation figure of the different metrics that we have, which is gasoline, and says, well, that went down 40 cents, and so things are getting much better. Well, it's just a lie. Just a lie. Uh, so bonds slumped as the inflation uh, report. I came out and said, well, it looks like we're maybe we're going to have a 100 basis point Fed rate hike later this month. But later there was a rally as somebody else came out and said, well, we have heard rumors that that's going to, you see, it's all, whenever your entire economy and the market is tied up into politics, everything is moving on rumors. And that's the way these people like it, frankly. Uh, they really want it that way. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Stay with us. They have to get the shot. The vaccinations are so important. This is really going around. Yeah, we're going to they talk about to that. We'll be right shot. back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Common Man. They created Common Core to dumb down our children. They created Common Past to track and control us. Their Commons Project to make sure the commoners own nothing. And the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, 
deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. TheDavidKnightShow.com APS Radio delivers multiple channels of music right to your mobile device. Get the APS Radio app today and listen wherever you go. All right, I uh, let's play that about Trump and how he's always been a vaccine cheerleader, in spite of what he said when he was a candidate. Uh, but before we get into a uh, uh, little bit more about MAGA life, <laughs> MAGA life uh, segment here. Uh, I want to thank uh, Bill Gardanis. Thank you very much. That's very generous. I appreciate that. Uh, tip on Rockfin. And Brian Berner, thank you. And Brian says, I, I liked your reference to D's Nuts. Awesome YouTube video. Yeah. It's, uh, we probably uh, use that as a soundtrack for Brian D's, I guess, uh, somehow. Uh, let's talk a little bit about MAGA life. We have um, uh, Alex Berenson says, how anti-COVID vaxxers will save the world from Donald Trump and Joe Biden. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, why does he say that? Well, he says uh, Trump's biggest fans hate the COVID vaccine. And the Trump fans who hate the vaccines the most are not the ones who didn't take the shots. They're the ones who did take the shots, partly because the Donald, Benedict Donald, as I call him, uh, encouraged them to do so. And now they feel cheated suckered. Some of them feel dead. Some of them feel crippled for life. And this guy is still promoting this stuff. I mean, just listen to this. This was Alaska, uh, his Alaska rally this last Saturday. We did so much in terms of therapeutics and a word that I'm not allowed to mention, but I'm still proud of that word. I'm still proud of that. What would that word be? What would that word be? Let's think about that. We again. did so much in terms of therapeutics, therapeutics? that I'm not allowed to mention, but I'm still proud of that word. Okay. Therapeutics. And then the other thing is vaccines. It must've be vaccines. Why is he not allowed to say that word? Did his handlers tell him not to say that word? Cause he's got handlers, you know, oh, he's handled. He's not his own guy. He's like Biden. He's just not as senile as Biden, but he's got handlers who tell him don't say that word. I'm not allowed to say that word, but I'm very proud of it. Goes off script there. Yeah, I'm going to show those guys who's boss. They think, I, they tell me I can't say vaccine. Well, I'm not going to say vaccine, but I'm going to make it clear to them that I'm still proud of my vaccination program, my warp speed vaccination. Uh, as Alex Berenson said, this problem is only going to get worse for Trump as the uselessness of the vaccines become more and more obvious. He's already afraid to say vaccine in public. Uh, Alex Berenson is really downplaying this now. It's not the uselessness. It's the depopulation. Trump was right there with the key agenda of the globalists, depopulation. 
and to establish the, to normalize the idea that you don't live your life without getting approval from the government. This moving us towards Mark of the Beast, right? Who, who was right there selling all that? Yeah, you're not essential, so stay home. I'll let you know. And we're going to give the magical monopoly money to all the governors. Tens of billions, hundreds of billions, as I pointed out yesterday. Uh, you know, it was over $100 billion given to Pritzker. And now he looks good. Illinois was bankrupt, but now that tyrant looks good. Same thing with California. Now they're going to run for president. Uh, even Trump, a master at avoiding responsibility, cannot dodge the fact that he and his administration are responsible for the mRNA vaccines. But he's not trying to dodge it. His handlers are trying to dodge it. He's not trying to dodge it. You know, the people who promote him, like Alex, are trying to say he didn't have anything to do. He wasn't going to give us the bad vaccine. I don't know what happened. Somehow we got the bad vaccine, Alex. Please explain it to me. Even worse for Trump is the fact that Ron DeSantis, his most powerful challenger, has taken a very different stance now on the vaccines. Now DeSantis is actually telling people not to take them, not to give them to their kids, the only state where they're not bringing in uh, the thing that must not be mentioned, the V word, the V word. Ultimately, the vaccines will prove to be Trump's kryptonite, says Alex Berenson. His base hates them more than they love him. Well, I don't know. Now, they have booed him over the jabs, but they still keep coming back for more. Uh, they can't connect these things. And they can't connect the jab to the depopulation agenda, to the mark of the beast agenda. They can't connect these things somehow because they keep showing up and cheering him. They can't connect the fact that if it wasn't his fault, somehow he was owned. Every time I talk about this, and this will get uh, comments as well, every time I talk about it, people say, well, Trump is saying that uh, the kids shouldn't take it, and he's against mandates. He's so proud of it. He killed adults. And, of course, his vaccine is going to be used to kill kids. You know, he ought to be repenting in sackcloth and ashes like Nobel, who when he'd invented dynamite, you know, he put in the Nobel Peace Prize trying to make amends for what he had done. Trump is proud of what he did. And I'd be like uh, Nobel saying, yeah, let's blow up some more people with the dynamite. That's my, that's my accomplishment. I'm proud. No, he was ashamed of what he had done. Trump is shameless. He's shameless. He's shameless with what he does with his wives. He's shameless with what he did to the Constitution. And he's shameless what he did to the people who still foolishly support him and send him their money. How about the betrayal? When he told uh, the people who were, fire Fauci, fire Fauci, fire Fauci. And he goes, should I fire Fauci? Yeah, vote for me. We'll see about that. I probably will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, yeah whatever you want, you know. It's just amazing. Yeah, just the people, amazing. my people are so smart. And you know what else they say about my people? The polls. They say, I have the most loyal people. Did you ever see that? Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like a or he could shoot billions of people, cripple them, kill them. And his people still show up. As a matter of fact, he had a North Carolina rally scheduled on Friday in Greensboro. And now he's got a scheduled appearance in, uh, uh, in court as he's been summoned. 
And so the American Freedom Tour, uh, this start the steal thing that he's got, uh, did not publicize that the event would no longer take place, but they quietly removed it from their website. Tickets had been sold anywhere from $9 to $3,955. And they evidently are not refunding that either. Uh, they said, we're very sorry. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we're rescheduling the American Freedom Tour stop in Greensboro, North Carolina. Your ticket may be used at any American Freedom Tour event in America. So apparently there's no refund, just like there's no refund on his failed presidency and his betrayal of the American people. I don't get a refund for that, do I? No, no. As a matter of fact, when you look at how this whole thing is playing out, the MAGA cult, uh, people who have been cheerleaders of Trump, like Bannon, like Revolver, you know, Darren Beatty, uh, got a lot of attention at Revolver for focusing on um, uh, Ray Epps and said, you know, here, here's a video of this guy saying, we got to go in there, we got to get violent and everything. The MAGA media has done the same thing as the mainstream media. They take selected things. It's just what you see happening on the January the 6th committee where they selectively edit stuff. They pick somebody and then they focus on them and demonize them on the January 6th committee. And I'm seeing the right-wing MAGA cult do the same thing. That's what they did to Ray Epps, I think. Uh, Ray Epps, well, he, he's not talking to us. What do you think this guy's going to do? He's just an ordinary Joe. Uh, this is a guy, Darren Beatty, who starts this. He goes on with uh, Bannon. He goes on with Infowars. He, go, he, he goes on with Tucker Carlson to talk about this. And now Ray Epps is saying, well, I'm going to sue some of these people because they've drug it through the trash, because they chose not to report the other videos where I stood there and stopped people when it actually happened. Uh, so I don't know where he is. All I know is that uh, we've got enough problems with um, uh, the uh, Democrats and the people who laid this trap in the dark state, the people who told us that there was this thing going on. Well, that part of it was true. They just lied to you about what the sting was and who the people were that were getting stung. It was the Trump supporters who were getting robbed and the Trump supporters who got uh, set up. And the question is, who set him up? Was it Ray Epps standing there saying, yeah, we need to do this? Or was it the people who went around on tour and made millions on daises with bullhorns? No, no, no. Those are the people who are now pointing the finger to Ray Epps and saying he's the guy who did it, not the guys who are up on the dais with the big microphones. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those guys, no, no, they're not the insiders who are encouraging everybody to do this. No, it's Ray Epps that was doing this. Really? The PPP program, Trump's, you know, showing that he really does care about you. I'm going to shut down Main Street. I'm going to shut down small businesses. But, yeah, I've got this PPP program here. The Paycheck Protection Program, where he PPP'd down our back and told us it was raining. Uh, that's one of the signature federal economic relief measures, uh, says McClatchy, in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. McClatchy is not laying this at Trump's feet. He should. Or they should. It's not a he, but it's they. Uh, providing small business loans of up to $10 million. Let me tell you something. 
I don't know. I mean, in my book, if you got a payroll of $10 million, I don't know that you're a small business. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, so that's for companies that got uh, have fewer than 500 employees and they need a $10 million loan for their payroll. <laughs> what are they paying these guys? Well, you see, I guess uh, that does fit because Mnuchin, Trump's uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, made sure that he said, well, you know, yeah, small businesses, 500 employees or less, but we're going to change it and say no more than 500 employees at a given location. So all these Wall Street brokerage houses, which they probably do make enough, uh, they probably do make more than that. What is that, 200000 or something each? They probably make more than that. Um, and then, uh, all the different chains, you know, all the, the really, really big wall street companies. Well, if they don't have more than 500 people at a given location, McDonald's, I mean, they can get that stuff, right? They don't have more than 500 employees at a single store. Uh, Trump doesn't have more than 500 employees at his hotels. He's eligible for it. I don't know if he took it or not, but, um, you know, they, they made a shambles of that. Why did they do that? Why did they call it a small business and a payroll protection plan? Well, because everybody, they want to show that they're concerned about the working man. We're, we're going to protect the payroll. We're going to protect the wages. No, they're not. And, and we're going to do it for small businesses. Why are they doing that? Well, because when you look at the collapse and confidence of our institutions, the only institutions that people have any respect for anymore are the military and small business. They don't need to give a payroll protection plan to the military, <laughs> but if they, can, if they can call the big businesses, small businesses, and then shovel the money into a few, small, uh, into a few uh, big businesses and say, yeah, we're helping. we're helping the little guy, and we're helping with wages. And yet they're giving, you know, nothing was being done in terms of wages. Uh, more than 75% of the money, now it turns out, uh, did not go to wages. Oh, where did it go? Well, 5% of the companies got more than 50% of the money. And those are the 5% big guys. So the big guys got the money, <laughs> and they didn't give it to their employees. They kept it. That's the plan. That's how they rob you. Stop the steal. Oh, no, they had already started the steal even before the election. They were stealing everything from you, going back to the emergency. Uh, payroll Protection Plan, a signature federal economic relief thing from Trump. Hundreds of borrowers have been prosecuted for submitting fraudulent PPP applications, but now they're bringing in some of the lenders who knew all along. Uh, only a few of them have been held responsible for this. But now, thanks to an obscure filing in one of South Florida's many PPP fraud cases, it has been revealed that one of the biggest lenders in the program the first year might soon be facing consequences. The online lender, Cabbage, uh, Cabbage with a K, disclosed in the Florida case that it is under investigation by U.S. attorneys in Massachusetts and in Texas for its PPP lending practices. Uh, they doled out billions of dollars in PPP loans. Uh, one person who is a former assistant chief of the criminal division fraud section at the Department of Justice said, anytime you've got two U.S. attorney's offices, 
that have separately drawn the same inferences based on evidence that reached them from independent sources, it's not a good sign. <laughs> In other words, these people, the same charges being made from Texas to Massachusetts, information in, in, uh, independent of each other. These are not the same cases, and these are not the same U.S. attorney's offices. And when they're looking at this and saying, yeah, but it is the same company at the center of this, why did that come out? The disclosure itself was unusual uh, since civil investigations are not typically made public. The filings came amid an effort by Cabbage, Cabbage with a K, <laughs> to fend off a subpoena from federal prosecutors in Florida to testify about a PPP fraud case scheduled to be heard next month in a Fort Lauderdale courthouse. Cabbage is not the target of the case there, but it argued that its testimony in the case could be used against it in other federal probes. <laughs> They're kind of taking the fifth, I guess, which it described as, quote, financially an existential threat to Cabbage. In other words, these are big cases. It could put us out of business. Uh, the PPP loan bailed out this online lender. Cabbage is based in Georgia. Should have called it Peach. Uh, anyway, um, uh, they're based in Georgia, but they're an online lender. And um, they were furloughing employees in March of 2020. And they went from laying people off to being an appealing takeover target in a matter of months due to $7 billion that they made in Trump slush money. That's what the PPP is. It's Trump slush money. It was designed for fraud. Everything about it was fraudulent. It didn't go to the small businesses. It didn't go to the employees. It went to people like uh, this company, $7 billion in PPP loans. And so as a result, uh, they were able to... Um, position themselves to be bought out by American Express. Uh-oh. Maybe they should change their name from cabbage to hot potato. <laughs> that's what it has turned out to for American Express. They may wind up holding the bag with that as well. Uh, those $7 billion in loans were heavily backed by a Japanese investment firm, SoftBank. Hundreds of millions of dollars in fees attracted the attention of American Express, which then bought the company... So they go from furloughing employees about to, you know, they're on the ropes in March, and then Trump saves this company, and then by October, uh, they sold for a rumored $850 million to American Express. The same type of thing that Trump did for Gavin Newsom and for uh, Pritzker in Illinois, right? Uh, you got these people who are... Uh, their, their states are going into bankruptcy, and all of a sudden they're flush with cash. And now they're heroes, and they're going to run for president. When American Express acquired Cabbage, it didn't take its loan portfolio, which included the PPP loans. They left them behind in a holding company that was branded K-Servicing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The credit card giant has tried to distance itself from Cabbage's performance in the PPP program. But these multiple investigations might make it impossible to continue to avoid difficult questions such as, what did American Express know? And when did they know it? (laughs) What did you know? And when did you know it? Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it could uh, get bigger. A paper by researchers at the university of Texas in Austin estimated that the fraud and Trump's PPP program came to just over $64 billion by one measure or more than $117 billion using different measures, including instances where the number of industry recipients in some counties exceeded the number of such businesses in those counties. Wait a minute. Is this something like you've got more people voting in an election than you have as registered voters? Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. Except this was being done with your money, this kind of massive fraud, already rolled out by Trump, who did nothing to stop the mail-in elections that we all said that would be what would happen. Is that they'd stuff the ballots uh, with, uh, you know, it's not going to be a mail-in election. Actually, they mailed out the ballots to everybody. You didn't have to request it. There was no handshaking of credentials or anything about that. No, no, no. They were mailing the ballots out to everybody. And people were getting ballots from multiple jurisdictions. And, yeah, I could send this stuff in. Vote all the time. Vote early. Vote often. So we knew that there was going to be fraud with that. But, of course, the fraud <laughs> began with a lockdown 853 days ago. The lockdown where you already had more companies getting money than companies that existed in the county. Maybe they're dead Democrats who are running companies in those counties. Who knows? But it's not just a Democrat thing. That's the point. If only our problems, if only our problems were the people who wear the uniform and proclaim themselves to be our enemies. Our problem is the fifth column. The people who say they're behind us and they get behind us so they can stab us in the back. The Republicans and people like Trump. The fifth column. Unforgiven loans. Yeah, the unforgivable. Uh, Potential fraud isn't the only issue with their performance. Uh, They said loans would be forgiven if they were used for payroll and other approved expenses. The majority of them have been approved, they said, even though the majority of them were not used for uh, employees. Because a federal report has found that 75% of $800 billion paycheck protection program did not go to employees. And yet the majority, that, that seems to me like that's the majority, three quarters did not go to the employees. And yet what they're saying is we'll forgive the loans if the money went to the employees. And yet the majority of the loans did not go to the employees if 75% of them didn't reach the employees, right? But they're still forgiving the majority of them, but not if you got your money through cabbage. Uh, They had a very low forgiveness rate. They had actually the lowest forgiveness rate 
of any major lender in the program's first year. Uh, one person who legitimately got it, a hairdresser, Vicki Lamaster, has not been able to get her PPP loans forgiven uh, through Cabbage. She's one of many actual small business owners who await forgiveness uh, two years later. See, this is the other thing. Not only did the people who weren't small businesses get it, who didn't deserve it, but most likely most of the people who are not getting this forgiven are going to be the small businesses. You can bet that these people who are big, who are corrupt, have had their stuff forgiven. I mean, it's just like what Trump was doing when he was angry at Elon Musk because Elon Musk said personal things about him. And he said, he came begging to me on his knees. You know, I could have not given him the money. He still gave him, called him a crony capitalist and then bragged about how uh, you know, he came to him begging for money and he gave it to him. Gave it to him. Uh, Vicky Lamaster, uh, the Miami hairdresser, said it's been ridiculous. She struggled for months to try to get her loan of just over $3,000 forgiven with no success yet. She said, we don't have a banker on our side. We're the ones who have to deal with all the garbage. And we don't have a president on our side either, right? No banker on your side, no president on their side. They're on their side. They're working together. The bankers, Mnuchin, Goldman Sachs banker, what did he do? He gave over 50% of the money to less than 5% of the companies. They weren't small companies. They were companies that had, and the banks were doing that because they had to do the same amount of paperwork. And I've reported about this before. I, I showed uh, some of these small business owners who one of them got $1 out of it is all they would give her. Yeah, they're getting trivial amounts uh, while the big guys are getting everything. Business as usual, right? Big business as usual. Wall Street business as usual. Uh, so 75% of the $800 billion Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, uh, didn't come. The taxpayers paid $4 for every dollar in wages and benefits received by workers who were saved by Trump's Paycheck Protection Program. Three weeks after he declared the emergency, they roll this thing out. Just three weeks. The low interest loans could be made without collateral for up to $10 million in a small business that had fewer than 500 employees per location. What a fraud that was from the very beginning. Uh, so confidence in the U.S. media and government and justice system is collapsing. If we'd listen to Patrick Henry... <laughs> What do you tell us about presidents? Uh, but he could apply it to institutions as well. Yeah. Uh, but he said about presidents, he said, trust no man that approaches the pre precious jewel of liberty, but bind them down with the chains of the Constitution. Watch what they do, not what they say. Uh, don't trust them. Don't trust them. Uh, so confidence in major U.S. institutions, including government and the media, is in a state of collapse. Yes, we are now have become the United States of collapse, USC. <laughs> Only the military and small businesses enjoy the confidence of a majority of Americans, and that's why they use the small business label for their sham program, PPP. They know that. And so they use that, but they didn't give the money to the small businesses. They just used their names. Frauds. Uh, it, all the money went to the big business friends of Trump and Goldman Sachs and the rest of these people. Uh, the company began measuring confidence in institutions, Gallup did, back in 1973. 
And the uh, 27% average for all categories is the lowest they've ever recorded. So when you add all the different institutions together as an average, uh, it's 27%. That's what, we are in the middle of a fourth turning where people see the corrupt, where the institutions have been corrupt and the people know it by now. And they're ready to do something about it. The question is, what's going to be done? Are they going to use this to enslave us? Or we, will we use it to make a better society, building from the ground up, because that's the only thing we've got. We're grounded <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, can't go anywhere, but we have the moral high ground, and we have boots on the ground, and we have the ground underneath our feet if we don't let them take this away from us and push us into a metaverse. Uh, so <clears throat> the survey comes after Gallup delivered sobering news on June 22nd that uh, confidence in the overall direction of the country fell to 13%. And so this is nearly 50 years. Uh, they began measuring confidence in institutions in 1973. This is the lowest it's ever been in 49 years. Let's just call it 50 years. In only two states did... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the uh, that President Biden <clears throat> have more supporters than detractors. And those two states, one of them was not his home uh, state of Delaware. They're in the Democrat strongholds of Vermont and Hawaii. And so uh, Denison Forum uh, says, are you losing faith in the institutions of our secular society? Well, you should. You should lose faith. I, I <laughs> see this is the... Yeah, we're in a very dangerous position right now because people are just ready to just turn the table over. And that's not the right way to do this. I just had an interview while I was being interviewed. And one of the guys, uh, there's three guys who were talking to me. One of the guys just wanted, you know, well, it's pastime. We need to just do that. It's like, no, um, if you're for morality, that means that there are rules of engagement. Uh, people have thought about when the use of force is legitimate and when it is moral and uh, when a war is justified. And we have a just war theory about that. And one of the key things about that is that we don't initiate the use of force. And when we do have to use the use of force, it is only in self-defense. And when we use it in self-defense, we stop the killing as soon as we can. We try to make sure that we Go after the right people. That's why uh, soldiers in Western civilization would wear uniforms to try to distinguish them from the civilians that we now just call collateral damage and dismiss it. We don't care. It's why you would have serious discussion before a war would begin. Uh, now we just rush in like fools on an executive order. Uh, we don't have any discussion about the war. No time for that. It's an emergency, emergency, emergency. And uh, <clears throat> so the same thing applies domestically. We have to exhaust all of the things that we can do peacefully. And then, by the way, once something starts and we're in a position to end it, uh, we don't continue it for 20 years or whatever. Indefinitely. You end it when it's no longer a threat to you. You stop the violence. So according to Gallup, the trust has fallen in these uh, different uh, institutions over the last year. Uh, police has fallen from 51 to 45. 
following George Floyd's murder. Uh, the medical system has dropped from 44 to 38. I'm surprised that hasn't been further than that. Uh, the church and organized religion has fallen from 37 to 31% because people realize that the churches don't really, uh, the ones who locked down when the government said, don't go to church, it's like, okay, I understand what your priorities are. You don't really believe this stuff, right? Why should I believe you? If you're going to cower in fear of a virus? Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, down from 36 to 25. The presidency from 38 to 23 as an institution. Uh, Biden is much lower personally. Uh, Congress, from 12 to 7%. And uh, so um, the uh, Denison Forum says psychologists have some explanations for this. Five. Well, the 24-hour news cycle inundates us with contradictory information. Number two, we learn more about the world. Our views and norms are challenged. And number three, this leads to uncertainty, which leads to feelings of vulnerability. Number five, the hormone oxytocin uh, has been uh, produced in the hypothalamus and impacts bonding behaviors, and that's lowered. And then we shut down our belief in external institutions and turn to local and familiar validators. As usual, I don't believe the psychologists. Look, uh, what they're, if, if the solution to all this is to, I guess, just do what the Democrats and Davos want, and that is just shut off all contradictory uh, statements. You know, everybody would be much happier, and we would all trust Big Brother if you only heard Big Brother's explanation about events. Don't listen to any competing narratives. It confuses you. It shuts down your happy hormones. If you hear that, well, now uh, you need to uh, examine the information and you need to think for yourself. And sometimes that's not comforting news. Uh, and, um, you know, you should just put your faith in human institutions, put your faith in Fauci and the mainstream media. Don't get those 24 hour news cycles that are giving you contradictory information. And, uh, of course, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN. Uh, Fox News, they're not really contradicting each other on the big stuff, on the big stuff. They, they pick some areas there where they uh, tell you different things on cable, you know, between CNN and Fox. But for the most part, all of them are telling you what the government wants them to tell you. Uh, so you don't really have to worry. I mean, you can watch them 24 hours a day and uh, they'll, get you, uh, they'll get you afraid for your life about climate change and about a pandemic that doesn't exist. They'll push peer, uh, fear and panic to you. But, you know, if you've got somebody else out there who's uh, giving you different information, like me, that's the problem. I'm the problem, not them. The people who are driving you into suicide because of fear, uh, they're not uh, the problem. Having different sources of conflicting information is a problem because it undermines trust in the human institutions that choose to rule you. So what is the answer? Well, Denison Forum got it right. As I said, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. What do we trust in? We trust in God. All others pay cash. And they have to demonstrate that they're worthy of the trust. And when we look at this, when we talk about trust in institutions, what we're really talking about is faith, isn't it? We're really talking about what do you put your faith in? Um, it can, if we look at the, the horizon and what these people are planning to do to us, 
and how accomplished they have been. They've been successful in everything else that they've done in life. You know, uh, and this has always been the age-old question that is <clears throat> mentioned over and over again throughout the Psalms. You know, why are the wicked prosper? And are they going to prosper to the extent that they'll be able to destroy us? And over and over again, the answer is they will soon be gone. But God will remain, and those who trust in him will remain. Some trust in their chariots and horses. Some look at the people who have wealth that we have never even dreamt of before, technology that we've never imagined, who have essentially a monopoly on being able to address and give information to people, who can print money out of thin air. People look at that and say, how can we prosper in that? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've had a situation, I was blessed to lose everything at one point in my life. And when that happened, I had just read something. Um, we had, we sold our video stores because I didn't want to have anything to do with Hollywood anymore. And, um, and when we sold it, it was a fraudulent criminal deal. We fought them in court and I lost even more money. And we walked away with nothing. And so at that point in time, you know, we're looking at a situation where we'd lost our income, we'd lost our wealth, we're about to lose our home. And I read a, an, a, a report that um, it was actually a historical report. It was an event where there was a guy who was an expert tightrope walker. I don't remember if it was the, I think it was the, uh, the latter part of the 1800s. And he went to the base of Niagara Falls. And it, it's still life-threatening down there. <clears throat> it's, um, a lot of people have uh, died in boats trying to navigate that white water that's there. It's, it's really uh, very, he wasn't up at the top of the Niagara Falls, but he was down at the bottom, and they still had the place marked. And what he did was he strung a rope across it, and he did a demonstration to the people who were there. And they watched him, you know, go back and forth and doing, carrying different things. And at one point in time, he... Uh, went across with a, a wheelbarrow, and he came back, and he put a bunch of weight in the wheelbarrow, and he went back and forth across the, uh, the rope that he had tied there. And um, the people had seen all this stuff. They'd seen him do all of that. And they said, and he, so then he stopped, and he dumped it out, and he goes, who wants to ride in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Shoot across the ropes. And he didn't have any volunteers, even though they had seen him do it. And seen him walking back and forth doing all kinds of things and seen him walk back and forth pushing a heavy wheelbarrow that would have been equivalent to them being in it. Uh, they didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. And so that's, and that was the point of the story. It's a true story. Uh, again, they have the spot marked. <clears throat> and uh, so with all of that happening, we packed up the kids and we went to Niagara Falls. Stood at the pot, the uh, place. Because it isn't enough. It isn't enough to say that you trust in God.
you have to put yourself in the wheelbarrow. So, where are we today? We see uh, difficult times. We see uh, Niagara. And what are we going to do about it? What do we trust in? That's a question. What do we trust? We'll be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. David Knight Show. Hear news now at APSRadioNews.com or get the APS Radio app and never miss another story. Has your news been censored, banned, censored, banned over and over again? Has vital information been held prisoner by mainstream and anti-social media? It's the duty of every thinking person to make the great escape to thedavidnightshow.com. There you'll find links to live streams, videos, audio podcasts, and support links. Live stream the show at DLive and every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Videos at BitChute and YouTube. New audio podcast, The Real David Knight Show, at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, and more. But even though there's a light at the end of the tunnel, without your support, the show will run out of gas. The links to support the show are at thedavidnightshow.com to donate via Subscribestar, donate via or donate via Cash App, Bitcoin, or P.O. Box. Our sincere thanks to all of you who have stood with us to get this far. Please don't forget to share the links and pray for the country as well as our family.
the common man. They created common core to dumb down our children. They created common past to track and control us. Their commons project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. TheDavidKnightShow.com All right, and we have on the line Dr. Bennett Cecil, and I am so happy that he consented to come on and talk because I've been talking to him for a number of years, uh, especially since all of this stuff began. And uh, his most recent letter was the reason that I wanted to get him on, and I'll uh, read to you uh, what he had to say. He said, when Trump destroyed my office practice in March of 2020, I cleared out my desk never to return. I only do telemedicine now. If a patient complains, I explain it is Trump's and Biden's fault that I do not go to the office. I will not wear a mask like my internists, cardiologists, gastroenterologists, dermatologists, ophthalmologists do. My cardiologist brother wears his too. My office staff and nurse practitioners wear their masks and have taken the jab. Those are their choices. I've made mine. He said, the evil people in charge are now using Medicare and Medicaid to force the jab on physicians, nurses, and all hospital employees. This hasn't stopped, folks. Uh, the hospitals that are playing along with this are still playing along with this. Attached is a letter that I received this week from one of the hospitals. We're a small family business contracting with hospitals and clinics. Uh, so he said uh, his partners are not happy with him. But when I saw what he had included, and uh, I wanted to get him on, and he's got a lot more information to give you as well, his specialty. And uh, joining us now is uh, Dr. Bennett Cecil. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Cecil. Thank you, David. I've been a fan of yours for many years. I've followed your work and you've taught me a lot. And let me just start by saying thank you. Well, that's a real uh, honor for, thank you. for that. Thank you I, very much. I appreciate that. It's an honor to talk to your uh to your audience. Uh, I contacted you because I was I was uh worried about this uh, approval of the uh, messenger RNA injection for young children. Yes. infants and up to four years of age. Yes. And, and that was one of the key things. That's the thing that really got me to work because you've given me a lot of good information and I've reported it in the past and you said, you know, a doctor told me this and I look it up and yeah, that's right. And, um, uh, but I wanted to keep it confidential, you know, because a lot of people who didn't want to, uh, uh, get out of the hospital, got thrown out of the hospital when they talked about that. And hospitals don't like doctors. Uh, questioning what the government is telling everybody to do. 
And the thing that I saw that was there was a vaccines and related biological products advisory committee meeting, June 15th, 2022. And it's the FDA briefing document. And the first thing it says is EUA emergency use authorization amendment for use in children six months through four years of age. That is key. This is being done as an emergency authorization. And they play this game back and forth saying, well, it's authorized or approved, and there's very different things. There is no emergency for children, is there? Uh, no, there's not. Um, and so the analogy that I would use is that if it's in the middle of the night and I live next door to you and your house is on fire, I'm going to break into your house and wake you up and try to get you out. Uh, but if your house is not on fire and I break into your house in the middle of the night, you're probably going to shoot me. <laughs> So uh, there's been an emergency and, uh, and standard operating procedure. Um, one, one of the tables I gave you was from Kentucky. It showed who died from COVID. Travis might be able to put that up. Yeah. Uh, what I, I, it shows. These are some of the slides. That, one I've got right now is study on child hepatitis cases, because that's your focus. Points to some prior COVID infection, but experts say too soon to know. Uh, let, let's begin with that. Uh, what's going on? Because that yeah, is the center yes. of your of your practice is uh, hepatitis C. Is that correct? Which is frequently that's correct. Yes, uh, we, we comes have, from uh, intravenous drug use and things, alcohol abuse and stuff like that. Right. It it, it comes from injection drug use, and we have a big uh, opium heroin type problem here in Kentucky. So we have maybe fifty thousand or more people that have hepatitis C. Uh, so I have a lot of patients, uh, they get a lot of liver tests. So, um, uh, we've, we, we probably have between five and 10,000, uh, patients that we've cured with hepatitis C and there's, there's more. Mm. Let me ask you this yeah. because but, this was not in your slides, but doesn't remdesivir, isn't uh, liver attacking the liver? Isn't that one of the things that, uh, is an adverse effect that they know a lot about? It wasn't it liver tests that they were giving people who. I uh, get remdesivir. Is, is that correct? Am I right? It, I think it was mostly kidney damage, but I've, kidney, I've, okay. I never prescribed that drug. And so I, I think it put people in kidney failure. But but going mm. back to the, uh, the the slide about the uh, the little kids, uh, uh, starting maybe in March or April this year, uh, we've had this epidemic around the world of these little children getting liver failure. Some have died. Some have had liver transplants. And the question is, why now? Because I'm 70 years old. I've been a, a doctor for a long time. And uh, why is this happening? What has changed in the last year or two? And, and uh, I started thinking about this and about the, uh, the spike uh, protein that's in the virus and in the, MR and in the injections. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, the injections actually code for the mRNA virus. So uh, so I, I researched this, and um, the uh, uh, the children, uh, there's been uh, children that have gotten uh, liver failure and autoimmune hepatitis uh, after they've been infected with uh, COVID. And I, I gave you a reference there, a little three-year-old girl, she had a very mild case of COVID like I did in April. Uh, she basically had a head cold, chest cold. And then three weeks later, she developed a uh, massive acute liver failure and almost died. Wow. Uh, they, they were able to treat her. And so what she was suffering from was a autoimmune attack on her own liver. Mm -hmm. And they gave her uh, corticosteroids and immunosuppressant drugs, and she was able to regenerate her liver. 
uh, and recover. Uh, and there's other cases in the literature. Uh, if you go to PubMed, which is the Library of Medicine, uh, where you can read about uh, cases of autoimmune hepatitis, uh, either in people who were given the mRNA injection or people who uh, had the COVID virus infection. And I've got and those slides up. That, I've got those slides up there. We're talking about autoimmune hepatitis after mRNA injections. You got uh, links there to uh, nih.gov. Uh, Dr. Uh, Arnie Burkhart uh, reporting a fatal autoimmune hepatitis at autopsy in an mRNA injected patient who died unexpectedly. Huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr. Burkhart's a pathologist in Germany, and uh, he uh, you can find his video. Uh, he's at least two, maybe three of those on uh, on the internet where he goes over these cases. And so there, there were a group of people that uh, had sudden adult sin, uh, sudden adult death syndrome. So uh, <laughs> these are people that fell over dead for no reason. And he looked at their tissues and found that they had various organs that their immune system was attacking, mm. which makes sense because... Um, uh, the way these uh, M these were people that had mRNA injections. So th the way that those uh, injections work uh, is not like a typical vaccine. A typical vaccine, they give you a dead or injured virus that your immune system then reacts to, mm -hmm. which is trying to uh, duplicate uh, what would happen if you got a natural infection. The uh, mRNA injections are actually gene therapy. And so people don't realize what they're getting, but when they... When they get that shot in their shoulder, it doesn't stay in their shoulder. It goes all the way through their body, it goes to their brain, their heart, their liver, their spleen, their ovaries, testicles. It goes throughout, throughout their body. And then uh, it is uh, reverse transcribed from RNA to DNA. It becomes part of their permanent DNA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so those people are actually, uh, in a way, transhuman because they're human like they started, but now they are expressing a uh, viral spike gene, which is foreign. And yeah. so what happens is when, uh, when that spike is uh, made by their cells, it then goes to the cell membranes of their various cells. And then their killer T cells and other cells go and attack those uh, cells and destroys them. And so that's what we call an autoimmune dis disorder. That's when your immune system injures you instead of injuring uh, bacteria or viruses, uh, foreign pathogens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I've got a, uh, uh, a clip here of, uh, you got the reference to the bit shoot video of professor, 
uh, Arnie Burkhart, MD. And, um, of course, there's also, you point out in June of 2022, the FDA gave the emergency use authorization uh, for these babies. And that was the thing that got me to contact you uh, because I thought it was interesting that they still put down that it's an EUA amendment. Uh, they're not even trying right. to pretend that it is approved for the babies because, of course, they haven't done any testing on it whatsoever. That's uh, correct. They did not do normal testing. And if you look at the uh, study, uh, which I gave a couple pages from, Table 5 shows that they stopped the study with only one-third of the patients. Mm -hmm. So they ignored the data they uh, of two-thirds of the patients uh, uh, instead of it'd be like if you went to a baseball game and you left after the third inning. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing was the ones who got the mRNA injections uh, did worse than the ones who got the placebo. Yes. So actually it showed that the injections hurt those uh, children and babies. Uh, they had um, about six times more severe COVID and uh, uh, twice as much or so um, double double infections mm. where they got COVID twice. So didn't protect them and actually uh, made their situation worse. And yet the FDA approved this and they act like it's uh, going to help these children. And it's not. And I have the uh, document up here. And as you can see, they're referring to it uh, in the uh, BNT uh, 16 to uh, B2 group and that type of thing. They're not referring to it by uh, Corminati, uh, you know, because Corminati was this thing that you can't get in the U.S. Uh, that was the thing that they said was uh, fully approved. And uh, they're, they're playing these games to try to get around the fact that you still have people who are being uh, fired and pushed out of their companies, pushed out of the military, pushed out of the police force, whatever, because they didn't take this uh, thing that they say is approved. Now, it's not available here. Uh, but what is available is um, under emergency use authorization. Here's the cover sheet that I've been talking about for people to see this. This is the FDA briefing document, EUA amendment for children. So emergency use authorization for children. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, talk a little bit about what uh, Dr. Claire uh, Craig uh, said in terms of the um, what they were doing with their data uh, for young children. Because they play really fast and loose with all of this stuff, don't they? Yes, uh, she she went through uh, more of the more of the uh, data than uh, than I did. Uh, they um, they kind of pick and choose. You know, for example, uh, they, they always are talking about antibodies. So you know, people think if they if the antibody that's a good thing. Well, you know, when the SARS one virus was uh, was out there and they they created vaccines for the um, SARS one using animal models, uh, the the uh, vaccinated animals that were then exposed to the uh, SARS virus, the SARS-1, uh, they actually had um, uh, more disease and more mortality. Yeah. So just because you have an antibody doesn't mean that's going to protect you. Uh, it, you know, you have to look at the, you have to look at the data for the particular product. And that's what's uh, different David, about the way they've done these tests, uh, Dr. Uh, Cecil, because in, in the past, you know, they would, they would take a very, very long time. And I've played the clip over and over again of, uh, you know, back in October before all this stuff rolled out, October of uh, 2019. 
Uh, they said, well, yeah, we're going to give people this uh, this uh, flu shot uh, vaccine that we haven't tested. How do we get to do that worldwide? Well, we got to do it from the inside and we got to, <laughs> you know, and so forth, uh, because we're not going to run the test. And that's what they skipped all the testing. They didn't do uh, a phase one test for a period of time. They didn't do uh, a phase two test for several years and a phase three test for several years. They just checked their antibodies and said, oh, it looks like you produced antibodies or so done. That's correct. They they've mis they've misled uh, people, and um, uh, you know this was this whole idea about a warp warp speed. You know, I pointed out that in uh, 2020, uh, approximately one out of every 1,000 Americans was uh, was supposedly killed by COVID. Which I'll just take their numbers. Mm -hmm. It was you know three or four hundred thousand uh, uh, people uh, that had died, uh, and uh, uh, the 999 out of a thousand didn't die. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it, it killed mostly old people. Mm -hmm. And, um, going back to the kids, if you look at that one little graph of the Kentucky deaths, you'll see that, uh, four children in Kentucky have died in two years from COVID Wow, children under the age of 10. Yeah. I've got that. Okay, up. Now here. I'm guessing, I've yeah, got that I'm, graph. I'm guessing that there's about 400,000 little kids here. What that means is if you had a perfect injection, you would have to inject 100,000 kids for every one kid that you may have, may have you know, saved their life is, is how I would. The number needed to treat to get any kind of, um, of a good result uh, is uh, a huge number of people would have to be exposed to an experimental product with no testing, mm -hmm. very little testing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when you look at the, that. As I've said from the very beginning, looking at that graph that you have there from the Kentucky Department of Public Health, uh, you can see the same type of thing we see everywhere, which is it looks like the actuarial table. Uh, it looks like it goes up, um, you know, with age, it increases exponentially. And that's not what you see when you look at a real pandemic. In a real pandemic, uh, like the one that they like to refer to, uh, the, the big flu epidemic that happened, what was it, 1917 or something like that? But the, the, that big flu mm -hmm. epidemic, uh, you saw a spike for the uh, kids under one year old and a spike for the people over 80. But then the rest of the age demographics are fairly evenly distributed. And that's what you would expect to see if they weren't misattributing uh, this to other causes. You know, people dying with uh, uh, a, a positive PCR test after they magnify whatever they're looking for a trillion times. Uh, that That's yeah. what we've seen from the very beginning. Uh, you, you point out, um, uh, here, I've got your slide. You say you can argue about injecting old people, middle-aged people, since they're at risk of death, but there is no risk for these kids. And that's the whole point. We got 18 months of data, uh, showing that, that that's not really a risk. That, that's true, David. And, and, um, uh, what you're doing is you're giving a gene therapy which those children uh, are going to carry perhaps th their whole life and pass on to their children. Yes. Because, you know, if I, I sent you some references. It shows that uh, this uh, mRNA is uh, reverse transcribed in six hours into your DNA. So it doesn't stay in the cytoplasm. It doesn't stay in your shoulder. It goes into all your cells with uh, into the DNA, and then you become a spike protein factory. So yes. You now are shedding this uh, in your breath. I sent you a bronchial biopsy that you can see the spike protein on the lining uh, cells. Yeah, uh, you're, the you're, uh, 
there was a there was yep. a picture on one of these. Let me let, there it is right there. There's the picture. Um, yeah, yeah. Explain what we're looking at here, uh, because uh, to me and to everybody else that's not a doctor, we're not really sure what we're looking at. So what are we looking at in that uh, bronchial? It has biopsy? the brown uh, has the brown pigment in it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, that's right. The, yes, the space at the top would be inside the airway. So this is somebody that was injected nine months ago. And so that brown pigment is a spike protein. This is an immunohistological stain. And so they are excreting in their exhaled breath that material. And uh, you can see in that slide uh, on the bottom, the fact that uh, that's very edematous. That's a, that person uh, is not a very comfortable person. Let me put it that way. They have an inflamed uh, bronchial tree Mm-hmm. And they, in addition to them being ill, they are exhaling that, uh, that spike protein. Mm. Uh, so, um, uh, one of the references that I, uh, gave you was from MIT, um, Dr. Senef, Senef, mm-hmm. you have that one, uh, Stephanie Senef. Let's see. Uh, I, innate, I, innate immune suppression by SARS-CoV virus two. I've got the uh, ones about the insurance uh, company, but I don't think I have that particular one. But t- go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah. Well, th- this was this was a uh, an article uh, that uh, Travis can get for you uh, later there. But uh, basically, she went through all the ways that the the uh, injections, the mRNA injections, are uh, are damaging to your immune system, and so it actually makes you more likely to get sick from infections also makes you more likely to get different types of cancer mm-hmm. uh, because your immune system protects you from uh, cancer cells. Uh, and so there's, it's, it's complicated. Uh, you, you can read it multiple times and only get part of it, but the, the idea is, is not complicated. The idea is that we have a very complex biology and uh, our bodies are, are not something that can be hacked by just injecting a, um, uh, a foreign uh, genetic uh, substance in that we then make. And, and, uh, you know, we, our bodies make. We, we've seen a lot of explanations as to why uh, this might be the, the case. We've seen uh, statistics from the uh, military's Department of Defense database, uh, which they then said, oh, well, we were wrong for five years. You know, we just now got it right, that type of thing. And so we've seen massive increases, several hundred percent, some cases, uh, thousands of a percent increase in particular uh, pathologies. And, and so we've seen the effect of this, and people have an understanding of, of the mechanism that the spike protein is being distributed throughout the body and accumulating in various organs. And yet they continue to um, uh, push this to younger and younger ages. Um, the other thing that I saw, Dr. Uh, Cecil is uh, uh, when we were looking at um, uh, the uh, the insurance information that you uh, put here. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. First, they validated uh, all these uh, non-COVID deaths that were out there. Uh, Indiana Life Insurance Company, and that was um, uh, the CEO of One America Insurance, uh, talked about how this was an unusual event. But then, through all these uh, leaps of bigotry. And, uh, 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 you know, the, the only, only the, uh, 
the only people who they, they must have gotten this wrong because nobody's dying of anything other than COVID. So this must be COVID. Uh, they said this is not COVID deaths. And he goes, no, it's got to be COVID. And we know that people don't die if they get the vaccine. So it's got to be the unvaccinated people. And I'm going to raise their rates. It was absolutely amazing. The mental gymnastics that he went through that uh, because they're in the red for six billion dollars. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And they're not going to be able right. to uh, get out of this unless they have uh, the government's going to bail them out and the government's going to bail them out. They're going to push this just like you got these corporations pushing uh, ESG, environmental social governance. I guess we could call this uh, uh, ESV. We just add the uh, vaccination there instead of the G. But that's that's what's really happening with it. Yeah. Uh, David, I'd like for you to look at the uh, chart that came from VAERS. I, I gave you a couple slides. One. It shows what the VAERS website looks like. And I would ask your uh, listeners to go to that website and spend an hour or two there. Uh, it has a, a, a section where it has uh, the data and you can put in different categories. Oh, yeah. Like if you, I like to look at total deaths mm -hmm. uh, because it's something which you can't really fudge very easily. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you look at the table, there's one of the tables I, I gave you. It's, it's a monthly table of death from any vaccine mm -hmm. and it starts in uh 2019 in september and goes through april of uh, 2022 and it, it, it's very telling this is how many reports came to theirs uh for a death after a vaccine and usually it's around 10 and then you can see that in january it jumped uh jumped from 42 in december to 401 in uh january i'm talking about january 2021 so the uh the fda already had a very strong signal that these are deadly injections and yet here we are today they want every single one of us to take this yeah yeah they've used us as um as guinea pigs uh to do a live test and uh, even when they see the results are bad, they pursue, uh, they, they continue down this path. Nothing is going to deter them from this. They, they don't care. So it's bad enough that they use us as guinea pigs. Uh, but when the uh, guinea pigs are dying, uh, they just uh, keep uh, uh, pushing more people into the hopper. Uh, that's really the only explanation we've got from this, right? Well, I, I think this is definitely planned and deliberate. I do not think that this is the mistake. I think the people that have rolled this out and kept ro rolling it out know exactly what they're doing. And they're hoping that they get away with it uh, like they did after 9-11 and the Kennedy assassinations, RFK. That's you know, right. pick pick all these different things that happen that uh, that there's nobody held accountable for. And I don't think I don't know. What will happen with this? I, I think, Dr. Cecil, I, I think what is happening at this point is that you've got people who um, they might have been lured into it uh, thinking it was the right thing to do. Uh, they might have, uh, you know, pushed this forward a little bit because they could see the money that was there. And it's like, all right, well, I'm kind of on the fence, but there's a lot of money there. Whatever the situation is and however they got on board with this stuff, at this point, 
if you were to pull this thing back and talk about what these things really are and the people really understood what was going to happen, even the people who were duped into this are going to have their neck in a noose. Uh, people are going to be furious once they find out what this is all about. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're trying to protect themselves so much. I think that's one of the reasons why they keep doubling down on this narrative and why they're not going to pull back on it. Pulling back on this is going to be essentially a death sentence for them. If not literally, it'll be a death sentence for their, their careers. They're going to be punished. They go to jail. Uh, most of these people, and I think they understand, you know, they're now accessories to this, you know, they're accessories to a, yeah. the crime of the, of the biggest crime against humanity. And so I don't expect most of the people in the medical community, uh, once they come to that realiza realization, I don't expect them to uh, come clean about this, uh, if they've been participants in it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, the doctors that I know, I'm talking about my doctors, uh, they don't know the data. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they should know the data, but, you know, it takes time to sit down and read the study. It's a whole lot easier to have an expert tell you what to think. That's right. And That's right. a lot of people think due diligence is asking three experts. Uh, due diligence is when you get out the actual studies and you look at them, you make your own analysis. But uh, doctors don't typically do that. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and yeah. so it's going to be the situation where, uh, you know, even the people who, you know, they do, honestly didn't know or they were misled or whatever. Uh, I imagine some of these people who did know uh, if they start to go wobbly, if they don't just purge them out, uh, they might uh, say, you know, you're going to have some uh, exposure to this as well. The mob's going to uh, be so angry. They're not going to start splitting hairs as to who is on which side of the fence at some point. So I think that I don't think we're going to see most of the people. I think the people in the medical community who have come out against this, like you and many others, uh, they've had more than enough time to see what's going on here. And if they're going to come out against, it, I think most of them probably have. So we need to be uh, aware of what is happening as they continue to double and to triple down. And that's exactly why they're doing this to the, to the kids right now. Uh, still pretending that this is necessary, that it's an emergency, that it is safe and effective and, and doing that to kids right now. Oh, I, I think they want no placebo group. I, if you look at the original Pfizer study, uh, after just a few months, they took all the placebo patients and they, they gave them the Pfizer uh, mRNA injection. And then they only had one, uh, one period where they, where they looked at the two groups several months later. And if you look at that, it's, it's reported, you can find it in the FDA, the people who were placebo, uh, they had better survival than the ones who took the jab from the beginning. So there were there were about 23% more total deaths wow. in the people who took the jab. Wow. So um, if you can eliminate the placebo group, then you can just uh, blame uh, all these bad things on something else. So yeah. to total deaths in the United States have been about 500,000 to 600,000 extra ones in 2020 and 500,000 to 600,000 in 2021. So they've managed to kill about the same number of Americans as the war between the states and the Second World War in just two years. Well, it is a civil war. It is a world war. Uh, and, uh, you know, as yeah. I've, I've referred to the Trump shots before as the shots that were sent around the world instead of heard around the world like the American Revolution. And it is a revolution. Yeah. It's a revolution in authority and government as well as a revolution in health care. Because uh, you pointed out, um, you wrote a, a letter to the Attorney General of Kentucky several times, also to uh, 
Rand Paul and to Thomas Massey, telling them what you have seen as somebody who um, uh, treats hepatitis C. Tell us uh, what you told them in your letter. Yeah, the letters to uh, Representative Massey and to Rand Paul, uh, those those letters are uh, recent letters. I've sent several letters to my state senator. I've sent several letters to the attorney general, uh, just warning them there's going to be a lot of uh, children uh, who are going to be sick and dead from this. And I, I, um, because it because of the spike protein and because of these uh, children that have had these. Uh, cases of acute liver failure, uh, the, the cases of the autoimmune hepatitis that uh, I've seen in my practice. I normally uh, don't see autoimmune hepatitis in men. I saw one in 1987 and one in 1993. Um, I've had two cases uh, in the last couple months uh, of men. Normally, it's a disease of women. So, hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid that these children may be very, very susceptible to what they're going to be injected with. And uh, with four children dead in Kentucky from uh, COVID in two years, mm-hmm. I just do not see how the, uh, the, the benefit uh, is there to, uh, to go out and uh, vaccinate all these young children. Yeah, and, but and uh, I think had- it's going to play out. Yeah, we had uh, in terms of the four only four deaths in all of Kentucky, and uh, just as you know, we saw um, about a year ago, I guess when the the reported death toll for children was under four hundred, just under four hundred, and you had the Johns Hopkins uh, study that was done by McCary, and he he went through and he said uh, we we've looked at all of these cases individually because they were under four hundred, so few of them that they could look at each of them individually, and he said. Uh, uh, you know, every one of these kids reported to be uh, a COVID fatality had multiple comorbidities that would have killed them by themselves. And so they said, we can't really say that any of them have died, but it's such a small number, even nationally, that I, I think at this point, Dr. Cecil, I think they're going to, um, I think they're really going to hang themselves with this. I, I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing DeSantis pulling back from this and his, um, uh, Surgeon General there in Florida. I think, uh, and you know, I'd, I'd like to know what you think as a physician. I think that this, that the, the negative effects are, they're going to have some very strange things. We're already seeing neurologic reports and things like that happening in these babies that have been uh, injected. But I think it's going to happen faster, and you're going to have some very rare and strange conditions that are going to be happening to these babies. And I think that's going to blow up in their face. What do you think? Well, I, I agree totally with you with that. I think I think this is going to be something where they uh, they went they went too far because um, uh, it's bad enough. You have these. Uh, I sent you a video of all these athletes that have fallen over dead on the on the soccer field. Yes, yes. And uh, and uh, uh, it's it's bad enough when a teenager uh, is dead in bed. Uh, but uh, just imagine a two year or three year old that's happy and smiling and. And full of life, and and these, you know, I have uh, eight grandchildren. I've got some little ones like that, mm-hmm. and then and then all of a sudden they're they're sick, or they're having seizures, or they had a stroke, or or they um, they have some other, you know, liver failure. Uh, it's just um, it's just all risk and no benefit. And uh, there's, I think it's going to wake up uh, some people. I don't think they're going to be able to hide this. Uh, what I, what I, I think uh, may be coming. I agree. I, you know, I, I think 
Well, they haven't had to answer uh, for what they've done to professional athletes, to young athletes. I mean, we've now got several different jurisdictions uh, throughout uh, the country that are saying uh, you have to get an electrocardiogram if you're going to participate in sports. That's, that's supposed, oh, yeah, nothing to see here, you know. Uh, uh, there's nothing unusual about that. Nothing unusual about professional athletes just dropping over at an unprecedented rate and, and dying suddenly. And, and so a lot of people, I think that was a wake-up call for them, but these people got away with that. And so when they get away with that, they're going to continue this process. And so the next thing they did was to go after the babies because they got away with the obvious uh, issue that was happening with the athletes. But I think the, the thing that's really going to get them is I think it's going to be with the children – likely to happen quicker. Uh, so the, you know, once you get that temporal distance there, you know, this happened right after the injection, when that happens, it is much harder for them to cover it up. And I think that might be the difference, uh, when they start harming babies and children is how quickly you see these, uh, things taking effect even more quickly than they did with the athletes, because the athletes, you know, they would, um, not succumb to this uh, for a period of time, but I think it's going to happen quickly with the infants. What do you think? Uh, it, it might, it, it might, there, there was a, um, uh, a gentleman, I, I, I sent that slide to his name. I, I forget, but he, he has, he has a family business. They make, uh, caskets. They're a casket manufacturer. And, uh, he was on, uh, a show, um, uh, on the internet in the last week or so where he said that they were, uh, they had received an order for basically, uh, seven years uh, no, excuse me, five years of, uh, child size, uh, caskets. Wow. So, uh, that, that kind of tells me that, uh, that, that somebody's expecting this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's kind of like, uh, remember when they, um, when they put up all those clear plastic, uh, partitions, mm -hmm. they were, they were already in stock. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> all the supply chain issues we got, you know, they had those things ready. It was just like the way they rolled they had, out. They had them ready to go. Yeah. After so they I, had the I, underwear I, bomber, I they had all the, you know, you had, uh, uh, the guy who was the first head of Homeland security, uh, was in charge of a company that was making all the body scanners and lo and behold, they had those things, uh, designed and manufactured and in the, uh, warehouses ready to roll out after they did that underwear bomber around Christmas time. It, that, it's, it's amazing when you see how fortunate they are to, uh, they must that, have a that was one ball. of my favorite interviews where you interviewed that attorney that watched all that stuff happen. Yeah. 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 Haskell. Yeah. He, yeah. He got out of the country after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well. he, he volunteered to, and he was on the witness list, but then they, uh, the defense actually just used his potential, uh, testimony. They used it as a bargaining chip and then worked up a plea thing. So he wanted to tell his story, but you know, the, and, and the prosecutors really did not want his story told. And so the defense knew that as well. And they use it as a bargaining chip uh, for that situation. But it, yeah, they have this stuff all prepared. It is premeditated. And, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah, why it's a, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was just, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, so few people actually uh, look at things objectively and look at a actual information. But, you know, it's very uncomfortable to talk to these things to, uh, to people uh, I don't talk to my brother's a doctor. I don't talk to him about anything about uh, COVID. I send him information. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, my neighbors, they don't want to talk about it. And so, like I said, I, I think this is going to have to, um, play out, but I hope that your listeners will look at these, um, 
documents and uh, maybe uh, persuade their uh, their kids and grandkids not to uh, not to take this very dangerous uh, injection. Yeah, that's right. That's all we can do is just uh, give people the information if they choose not to act on it and if they don't want to hear it. And that's the key thing that you point out. You you got uh, people that you work with, and I've got your uh, CV up here. Um, the fact that, um, you know, about what you do, you're board certified internal medicine, gastroenterology, and, uh, you specialize in the hepatitis, uh, C, uh, treatment centers. You've done that. You said for, uh, how long has it been? 21 years, I think, uh, you said, uh, 20, yeah, 24 years, 24 yeah, years. We, yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, um, you know what you're talking about and you're seeing these anomalies in your practice that you've had for 24 years. And yet. Most people don't even want to look at the evidence. Uh, that's what you're seeing in a lot of you know yeah. doctors, uh, your relatives, and others. Uh, they don't even want to see the evidence. Uh, just I, yeah. I don't want to hear that. And, and if they shut their eyes and their ears to it, there's really not much you can can do about it. And at the same time, uh, we have uh, social media and the government trying to put a gag over our mouths. So we shall say no evil about any of this stuff. And then the vast majority of the population and a lot of people in the medical community don't want to hear any evil or see any evil about this. And, and that's the conundrum that we're in, but we have to just keep trying. And I really do appreciate you coming on and, and uh, talking about that publicly. I'd be interested to know what, if any kind of reply you get from uh, the political establishment, uh, from the Department of Health there in uh, Kentucky. And you've sent them uh, stuff in the past, but now you've sent, uh, for the first time, I guess, uh, letters to, to the first uh, uh, the first time to Rand Paul mm -hmm. and to uh, uh, Thomas Massey, uh, Ron Johnson, uh, who's not my senator, uh, you know, he had a, a committee hearing where he brought on a lot of people who testified. I, have you seen that? Yes. Yes. Ron okay. Johnson. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So as far as I know, he's the only person in government who has actually had the uh, courage uh, to come to come out and say, listen, we need to look at this. Um, you know, the um, the CDC and the FDA, they they just do what they want to do, and uh, and you know what they uh, have have recommended with uh, with this uh, Pfizer shot for these little kids. Uh, I think is just awful. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a shame that um, you know Rand Paul has gone after Fauci, and that's an easy uh, lift for somebody. Uh, who is a Republican, uh, and he's talked about uh, the lab leak theory and other things like that. And he's talked about, well, if I've got natural immunity, I shouldn't have to take the vaccines. But he won't go after the uh, deleterious effects of the of the vaccines the way uh, Senator Ron Johnson has, and and that is, is essential. People have to know how unsafe these things are, uh, not just how they yep. they don't really work, but they got to know how dangerous they are. Well, it's, it's, it's not just that you're, it's not even like you're being injected with a poison. You're being, uh, your DNA is being modified so That's that right. you are actually producing the poison. That's right. And, uh, it has, you know, it poisonous effects, uh, toxic effects on your heart, your brain. Um, if you watch that video with Dr. Uh, Burkhardt, uh, you'll be amazed all these different organs. He shows the, um, he shows the slides. Yeah, I'm and it's uh, it's amazing to, yeah. uh, to see uh, the immune system attacking all these organs. That's right. Yeah, I just pulled the slide up so people can see that title again. Uh, if you want, if you're listening yeah. to it, uh, you look for a Professor Arnie Burkhart, MD, and that's A R N E is how you spell his first name. But it's COVID nineteen vaccines can induce 
Uh, self, let's see, that's cut off on there. Something, uh, doctors for COVID ethics. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Self, yeah, um, a, a group of them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the, the key yeah. thing is for people to get the information and for people to, um, you know, at, at this point, like I said, the professionals and even the public have uh, d taken a side and they've doubled down and they don't want to, uh, to see anything else. And I think that's, that's the key thing that we, we've got to, uh, uh, try to open people's eyes to this, and, and we should never have a situation where we completely invest in a particular technology or politician. From the very beginning, uh, Dr. Cecil, I, I said when they were saying, well, uh, we're not modifying your DNA. I said, well, uh, yeah, you are. Um, and, and it's, oh, no, mRNA can't modify the DNA. And I said, well, if it's copying it, and if it doesn't copy it right, it could at least modify it. Can you at least uh, acknowledge that it would do that? And Moderna was saying, yeah, we're reprogramming your body. Uh, we're reprogramming the software in your body. But we've now had uh, Thomas Jefferson University, a small college, that said, yeah, we verified the fact that mRNA can be used, not just having a faulty copy, but it can be used to modify your DNA. And there's been a lot of crickets uh, about that. People really haven't uh, picked up on that. Well, one of those references I gave you, uh, it shows how it, it is reverse transcribed in six hours. Mm, six so hours. you go, you go get your, you get your mRNA injection before you have lunch. And then by the time you eat your supper, uh, you've been trans, you've been transformed into a hybrid between uh, a human that you started off with, and now you're a spike protein factory. And how how long is that going to go on? When, when do yes. you stop making the spike protein? That's right. Yeah, that's been one of Nine my months. questions. Yeah, that's been one of my questions. How long well, does that take? And, and when that gets passed on to a, a baby uh, that is developing in a pregnant mother, uh, what you have there is a seed modification of the DNA. And we know that that is a exactly. permanent thing. And so, so think through this. If the mRNA is going to be reprogramming your DNA, and, and as I said, you know, we don't have the time to go out and manufacture all this stuff and then put it in a vaccine and then ship it to you. We're just going to ship the instructions to you, and we'll turn your body into a spike manufacturing facility. And so now what they've done is to do that to developing babies. That's called a seed modification. Anytime you modify the DNA of a developing baby, that is a seed modification, which means that that modification is going to be passed on to all of their offspring. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a genetically modified organism. You've made, some, you've made a human into a GMO for, for no reason. It's not like a baby that has a genetic defect. Um, that you're giving them a gene for that particular sick individual, you're giving it to all these babies, and so you're changing you're changing humanity. That's right. Is, is what you, what you're doing? It's a transhumanism. Yes. Um, they're changing uh, humanity to to be you know for from here on out they're changing humanity to be manufacturers of this toxic spike protein. Uh, that's really what is happening here, and that is one of the reasons why right. they're so eager to get this to to everybody. Exactly. And that's exactly right. Because people like me, if I took it, you know, it would die with me when I die. But if my grandchildren take it, then they will, uh, they will probably have a, uh, a shorter life, a sicker life. And if they are able to reproduce, that's the other thing we haven't talked about that's is right. that there's a lot of data to show that there's problems with reproduction, uh, babies being lost, babies being born, uh, stillborn. 
there's all sorts of, of issues uh, with with these that uh, uh, that the public does not see because they watch Fox and CNN and, and right. MSNBC and they read they read the propaganda media. They don't take the time uh, to find you and other people who uh, get the get the information out. So uh, and I remember this, I, I hope that some of your. I remember at the very beginning of this, sorry to interrupt, I remember this this really horrific picture of a, a child that miscarried and it was all swollen up and had, uh, you know, massive uh, uh, clots and tumors and everything. And it was one of the, uh, it's a medical professional who was put at the front of the list and she did it while she was pregnant. She's going to participate in a vaccine experiment while she's pregnant. And, and several of those, but one in particular that was so horrific, a lot of people believe that it was uh, Photoshop, but uh, it was taken off of her her Facebook, and and she was, uh, you know, as part of her her closure to put that that picture out there. But we we talked about how it has caused miscarriages, how it has damaged children. But I think we haven't talked about the fact, that, as you were talking about, the fact that you're doing a seed change here, and it's going to uh, create uh, human beings who are going to pass this mRNA technology of creating spikes. It's going to pass it to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren. It's going to be ingrained in them if this happens as they are developing. And I think that is one of the most heinous crimes against humanity uh, I've ever seen. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate uh, uh, Dr. Bennett Cecil. Uh, thank you for coming on and going public about this. And, and thank you for your courage. And thank you for refusing uh, to be a part of this. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, David. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you, you have a good day. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back, folks. Uh, stay with us. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Whether you're feeling like the blues or bluegrass, APS Radio has you covered. Check out a wide variety of channels on our app at APSRadio.com. All right, let's take a look at what is happening with our Sodom and Go Marxist Society. This is um, out of Los Angeles, out of the schools. Uh, this just unbelievable to look at this. Uh, and, uh, for those of you who are listening, this is a picture of a drag queen story time hour at a uh, library. And, uh, you can see a couple of men. Uh, one of them is wearing a mask. He's holding up a, uh, a, a book that is targeting the kids. And, um, they are in some very unusual costumes to say the least. One of them, of course, both of them uh, have a lot of facial hair. One of them is in a low cut dress showing his hairy chest. Uh, but out of the Los Angeles Unified School District, they have lesson plans that are promoting child transgenderism. It's an open books uh, is the name of the organization. Uh, they used to call themselves Gender Nation. And I guess they uh, decided they would go with something that was not going to be quite as obvious what their agenda was. Uh, they could have called themselves, I guess, Agenda Nation, but they were Gender Nation. Now they call themselves Open Books. It's an organization that aims to, quote, validate children with LGBTQ plus storytelling uh, to endorse child transgenderism. Isn't it amazing how focused these people are on killing our kids, on transforming our kids, as we were just talking about there? 
and on destroying their minds and spirits and souls. It's just amazingly uh, satanic. The L.A. United School District uh, Human Relations Diversity and Equity website, they have a D&E website, uh, said they received, quote, an enormous donation of LGB-themed books that are developmentally appropriate for elementary schools, for elementary schools. Uh, so they are recommending this for grades K through 5. And one of the books uh, that is all about um, a, it's a transgender the topic, I Am Jazz, and the book Jazz says she is transgender. And who can describe what transgender means? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? I mean, we've gone from a situation where Ferris Bueller's day off uh, and <laughs> where they're kind of, a, hopefully these kids are asleep and they can't answer this question. But now we expect the kindergartners to um, know what uh, transgender means. Uh, that's the goal of this program. The district pairs this book with a list of questions from the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL. These are the people who hate me so much. I, mean, I looked at that and it's like, so they say they're out there uh, fighting anti-Semitism. I don't know what I could have ever said that would make them think that I am anti-Semitic, but I guess I was wrong about that because the Anti-Defamation League is out there pushing this Sodom and go Marxist agenda. And uh, so they've got a lot about that that they don't like about me. Um, so, you know, they've, they've worked very hard uh, to, uh, uh, and I think they may be at the center of what's going on with PayPal because uh, they had flagged other people who got banned off of PayPal. The guide also tells teachers, you can explain that when Aiden was born, his parents and the doctors thought he was a girl. But Aiden knew he was a boy. So they got it wrong. The doctors got it wrong. The parents got it wrong. Uh, as I've said, the answer to LGBT is Bob. B-O-B. Uh, biological, objective, and binary. Just remember Bob. <laughs> uh, that's the agenda we have. And they had, uh, when Aiden became a brother, was their book of the month from the ADL's education department. Yeah, the ADL, just absolutely evil. And, and then you have uh, this. I was meant to play this yesterday, but this is uh, Josh Hawley, senator, and the absolutely insane back and forth that he had uh, with this person pushing transgenderism. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis, cis women. women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing so that. Speech is violence. That I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have 
attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think <laughs> so. You are denying that trans people like this, thing. and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, 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 they're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet you might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot. I just know. In this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, I had teachers like that uh, back when I was in college, like fifty years ago. Uh, you know, Marxists. They were Marxists. And uh, we challenge you to do that, but they wouldn't let you speak. What uh, a condescending so, moron. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely no one has ever learned anything from that woman, and no one ever will. My well, goodness. They've learned to be despicable. condescending morons is what they've learned, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Travis, the amazing thing is that there were a lot of comments. Uh, people were pretty, you know, people who agreed with Josh Hawley thought he'd done a great job and the people who agree with her who bought into all this stuff said you should watch this this is a master class what she did was masterful they said uh this is part of where i get into it with some people i think debating with the average leftist it's not worth your time anymore the talking points of the leftists are so stupid and dumbed down they only appeal to the bottom the, the dumbest members of society you can't win them over That's you right. just can't they're That's done right. yeah we've gotten to the point because of postmodernism, and that is um, you, you couldn't have transgenderism without postmodernism. Uh, once you cut yourself away from objective truth, and once you say the only truth is that there is no truth, you know, once you get to that point, uh, which is what has happened now with postmodernism, then that's what made this whole transgender thing possible. Once you get to that point, there isn't any debate that you can make with people. And, and so, uh, you know, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not interested in debating with people. Uh, I think that we have a a requirement that we have to declare the truth, and the truth is that <laughs> men cannot get pregnant, and that the the people that dressing up like a man or mutilating yourself does not make you a man. Uh, it it just it doesn't. It never will. And so trans men are not men. They're still women, uh, no matter what they do to themselves, to their bodies, and all of the stuff about. Speech is violence, and so you shut up because I'm going to come after you. That's why I was saying we got to be careful uh, about um, uh, taking that tact when it comes to protests. You know, as I said, I, I think it's important that we not be silent, but I think it's also overstated as to whether or not we are going to, um, you know, change anybody's mind. We can show up in a protest and we can proclaim what is true, uh, but. Um, we have to be careful as Republicans are saying, well, we don't want to have any protests around judges' homes. Well, I, you know, regardless of whether or not they have a law, and they do have a law that is not being enforced by Merrick Garland. But uh, if you do have a law, I think that law is in violation of the First Amendment, which says that you have a right to show up and say whatever you want. The, the problem is, is that, uh, as we've seen over and over again, Travis, these, these people, when they show up, all they do is just shout and label people, right? Uh, you are hateful, you're racist, you're bigoted, but they will not ever engage anybody in discussion. And as we've seen over and over again, when reporters are on the street and they stick a microphone in their face and say, please explain your position to me, they're silent. They just look straight ahead because they have nothing to say. They don't believe that there's truth. They don't want to debate. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. 
before I get further into this, though, I've got a lot of messages here I want to respond to. Um, well, thank you for the tip, uh, Alan Vale. Thank you very much. $5. And he says, thank you. I, I thank you, Alan. Angry Tiger, uh, $5. I appreciate that. He says, emergency, emergency. <laughs> Everyone to tip David. Uh, Travis, you crack me up. Please speak up more. We love it. Uh, prayers are with you. Back to the wrenches. <laughs> and uh, Nick Ellenbecker, thank you very much. I appreciate that as well. And Gerald Smith, that's very generous. appreciate that. $20. appreciate it. He says, a healing story, David, uh, for the Niagara that we're facing. Yes, uh, that is true. Uh, it's, uh, uh, we don't want to put our trust in institutions, no matter how big and powerful they are. Uh, we have uh, trust in one, and that is in God. Uh, Tony Arberton, thank you, Tony. Appreciate that. And folks, um, if um, you're looking to try to, as we said, uh, in God we trust all others, pay cash, <laughs> we don't trust in that paper money either. And you can trust that these people are working to take away uh, any anonymity in terms of cash or anything else. And so we need to have something that is going to function outside of that, regardless of what happens with inflation and the rest of the stuff. The thing that I'm worried about is CBDC. So Tony Arterburn, uh, wisewolf.gold, if you want to go that way, gold, silver. Uh, and um, he even will help you if you want to uh, do Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know what is a good financial investment, but, uh, you know, he'll help to facilitate any of those. And he's even uh, set up a website, davidknight.gold. If you want to uh, go there, then he'll know that I sent you, but wise wolf gold is, uh, Tony Arterman's site. And I would highly recommend him. Uh, Brad, Brian, thank you very much uh, for that tip. He says, uh, through the prayers of our Holy fathers, O Lord, Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Absolutely. That's what we trust in. And um, regardless of what happens in this life, uh, you know, these, these uh, people, these transhumanists and people like Peter Thiel uh, think that they're going to be able to cheat death. Well, we already know uh, the one who's conquered death. And uh, so that is what we are putting our faith and our trust in. This is a case study of how a seven-year-old came to be trans. This is from Buttons Lives on Substack. Case study, how a seven-year-old came to be trans. And they've got a lot of screenshots, and it is a really kind of an amazing, but also a sad story to watch what happens on one of these Facebook groups. The group was called Trans People and the Allies Who Support Them. And it's got about 17,000 members on it. And so as you look at the people who are on here, and that is the particular, the case with the um, uh, woman, the mother, who um, uh, posted on here, it appears that she is uh, trying to, uh, and it's a very seductive thing for a lot of people. Again, it goes back to the ASH experiment. Do you get the approval of your peers? Do you get the approval of the group? And, and so you can make yourself a slave to the group, or you can make yourself a slave to authority figures, as the Milgram experiment showed. And most people are happy to do that if they can get the attention, uh, which is why this is so much like the um, Munchausen by proxy, where uh, parents, typically women, will, for sympathy and for attention, uh, essentially tell everybody that their child has got a particular disease, uh, maybe even harm them to make uh, that look legitimate. And that's exactly what is at play here, I believe, 
and what a lot of these parents are doing with their children. Children are often radicalized, says the article on Button Lives, Button's Lives. Uh, children are often radicalized into gender ideology on social media sites, such as TikTok. And they suddenly come out as trans to their parents and then insist on being addressed by a new name and pronouns. And many scared and confused parents, mostly mothers, go online to seek advice from parents in similar situations and in private Facebook groups. But this is on the other side. This is a mother who indoctrinated her own child and because she was seeking the approval of this group that had only 17,000 people as a part of it. She said, my daughter, one of the first posts, my daughter, seven years old, was extremely excited to receive these books for Christmas, and I couldn't have been more proud, uh, she said, uh, December 30th of this, this last December 30th. And um, uh, one of the people replies to that. I said, so happy and glad you support her. I love seeing parents accept their kids for being trans and so forth because my family is super religious and they don't support me. She said, well, she's not trans. We're just allies. And I'm proud of her open mind and heart and her empathy for others. And so, you know, this is essentially what they're saying they're doing in kindergarten and elementary school. We just want the kids to be open and open-minded and supporting other people. And so let's give them all this information about being trans. And then what the mother finds is that all those books that she gave her, a month later, she comes back to the Facebook group and she says, um, my seven-year-old daughter says that she thinks she wants to be a boy. She said, now we're strong LGBT allies, but I honestly don't think she's a boy inside. She was always a very girly girl. Her favorite color has been pink. She loved dresses and makeup, and she had crushes on boys. But suddenly her favorite color changed to blue, and she's interested in basketball. And She had a crush on a girl, she said, that she plays Roblox with, but has never met. So she said, we had discussions about bisexuality with her seven-year-old, she did, right? Uh, because she previously only had crushes on boys. Her dad is very anti-LGBT. So I'm a tad insecure that I've done something to confuse my child. Well, why would you think it'd confuse them? At seven years old, start talking about all this. Oh, you should be very insecure right now. <laughs> yeah. You should yeah. be very worried. Yeah, well, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. The mother relies on stereotypes, as this person points out, you know, pink and blue and I got a crush on a boy, crush on a girl. Uh, so she says, I'm a tad insecure. I've done something to confuse my kid. Well, others were very insistent that the mother needed to firm, firmly and fully affirm her daughter, her seven-year-old daughter's new identity as her son. Uh, you know, when I look at this, it's like, um, you know, if I ran around the house with a cape on the back and I said, I'm Superman, um, would my parents have told me, yeah. Go up on the roof and fly. Uh, you know, take a <laughs> take a flying leap off the roof. Or if I was uh, excited about a John Wayne movie, uh, would they go give me a real revolver? Well, no, because you know you're a seven year old kid, and they have these uh, flights of fancy, and you're going to feed that by showing them a John Wayne movie or a Batman movie or an LGBT kindergarten book. And, uh, but these things are going to have consequences. You also have to realize gays don't breed. They are coming for your children because That's they right. are the next generation. That's right. You they are the breeder. They need them. That's right. You're the breeder for them. You're the breeder. And they're grooming them. All these books are absolutely propaganda. 
Yeah. Absolutely. It's not be accepting. It's be gay. And, and, you know, the amazing thing about it, Travis, is, you know, we're not allowed to have differences of opinion about this. Uh, we're not allowed to have differences of, of opinion about most government narratives. And this is a government narrative. Uh, because we're told it's just too confusing and people can't make up their minds even as adults to find out what the truth is. But we're going to saturate these kids in kindergarten with this stuff. They know exactly what this is about. And they know and they've said these same people have said for years and years, don't show Joe Camel, a cartoon character, to kids in junior high school and high school. That's going to entice them to want to smoke cigarettes. And so they got that kind of stuff banned. And yet, what are they doing? They're showing cartoon characters and all these books, and they have people dressing up and, you know, all this uh, weird stuff so that they can, in, you know, influence the kids. Anyway, another person recommended taking the daughter to a gender-affirming therapist and shielding her from her father's skepticism by, quote, kicking him to the curb. And a moderator in the group suggested taking the daughter to the therapist. She said, to be honest with you, I don't know that you should be the one making, having the conversations with her. I mean, you're just her mother. You should take her to a stranger, a stranger who has a vested interest in all this stuff. Uh, I, I don't think you should be the one making the conversations with her since you do actually, you do not actually believe her. Now, my parents didn't believe me when I said I was a bad man either. <laughs> uh, or I wanted to be. Um, I, I think she needs a gender therapist and specialist here to talk with her and to hear her out instead. And, um, so, uh, same person, uh, scolded her for misgendering her son saying it's best to refer to them by he slash him. He's a boy right now. And that's what you need to focus on. They tell her. Uh, so, um, as they go through this and she says, I, I know, but you know, it's just a kid. She says, not falsely believing yourself to be transgender happens so rarely. Uh, yet in my experience, 75 to 80% of the parents say there were no signs. Well, unless you look at the curriculum, unless you look at the agenda, unless you look at what is happening in the schools, uh, there's your signs. And I, I think they're just confused and traumatized and reactive, the parents are. She yeah, said. there were no signs at all except for the rainbow pride Oreos everywhere. Yeah. yeah. There were no, no, so how did this happen? Where did it come from? There were no signs. Well, you notice this is the thing that the parents who are adults and who are observing the behavior of a child and who know what a child is, uh, they are the ones who really don't know what's happening. They're the ones who are confused, right, Travis? It's, it's not... It's not the child and kindergarten who's having all this stuff pushed on them. It's the parents who are confused. And, and, and condescendingly, this person says, understand, your reaction is common. And it's almost always wrong. That's right. It's almost always wrong. It's only been the uh, reaction for 10,000 years of human civilization. You know, yeah. so for time immemorial. But yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the wrong answer. Well, the, the key thing about this is that, uh, you know, it's, it's about removing the parents. But I, I think there are some parents who do need to be removed. You know, when you look at, uh, this is uh, from VigilantCitizen.com. And they said there's something terribly wrong happening with the sons of celebrities. See if you can find that article. I don't think I sent that to you. There's something terribly wrong happening with the sons of celebrities. And the person says, well, you know, I don't like to talk about uh, children of celebrities. I don't think that's fair game, except that these celebrities are putting them out there because they're using them to virtue signal to Hollywood, which wants this, wants this very badly. 
Uh, celebrity parents are doing everything in their power to thrust their children into the proverbial spotlight. And um, they're paraded around on social events. They're publicized all over social media. They're used as props for PR stunts, and they're used in general for virtue signaling. That behavior is already exploitative on its own right. Uh, another level of strangeness is emerging in Hollywood. Little boys walking around in dresses, some of them as young as two years old. And there's one of them right there. Uh, that is uh, Megan Fox. And she's been dressing her son Noah as a child, she said, since he was two years old. Uh, been uh, dressing her son as a girl uh, since two years old. And the person said, so how can a two-year-old boy Take the profound, life-altering decision to switch genders. I mean, they're still figuring out uh, how to go to the bathroom <laughs> at that point in time, over most of them. Uh, so she says, you know, what if, or this person says, what if some of these boys were groomed and forced to dress and act as girls for some kind of an insane reason? Uh, scroll down to another one there. Scroll down to the uh, black child there, Zaya Waite. Oh, scroll up, brother. Scroll up. I think we're past it. Um, but uh, there it is right there. Uh, the coming out of Zaya Wade at the age of 12, followed by a massive media tour and fashion deals, and Michelle Obama chimed in and showered everybody involved with that with praise. Then go to the next one there, Charlize Theron. Uh, her adopted son, she adopted a kid, and a boy, and then started putting him in a dress has been wearing dresses since he was about five years old. And then you go to uh, Leave Schreiber. Is that how you pronounce his name? I rec yeah, I recognize his, his face. Uh, and um, uh, others, well, actually, the uh, before we get to, to Leave Schreiber, show the picture of Madonna. Yeah. Her 16-year-old adopted son, David Banda, is being pushed into the spotlight. And that spotlight craves boys and dresses. And here he is wearing a cheerleader outfit complete with devil horns and a choker. Because, you know, if you're the son of Madonna, you've got to be wearing devil horns. Uh, so leave Shriver and Naomi Watts' son. Next one here. Now look at that child. In 2017, uh, Shriver brought his then eight-year-old son, Kai, to Comic-Con the comic book convention, dressed as Harley Quinn. As I point out, it's no secret that Harley Quinn is a highly sexualized character. So he takes his eight-year-old son, dresses him up as Harley Quinn, complete with makeup and ripped stockings. Why would you do that? Well, if you look at his social media post, uh, scroll down on that article there, Travis, they took a screenshot of his uh, Twitter header, and at the very top of his uh, Twitter here, he's got a picture of two of his kids wearing makeup and kissing each other on the lips. And he says in his description uh, that he's an actor known for his shockingly attractive children. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And, of course, it's not just, uh, you know, the actors. It's also the people who control media, the Murdoch family, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, conservative Fox News, you know, of course, they've uh, uh, sold the rest of Fox, which was never conservative, but they've still got conservative Fox News. So there was a wedding in the Murdoch family, 
in the UK, and it was covered extensively by the Daily Mail. They had a lot of photos showing the wedding. It was actually the granddaughter of Rupert Murdoch, who was getting married, and um, all tatted up, and her hair is shaved, and um, you know they dyed multiple colors and stuff. But the worst thing about it, they said, was the bridesmaid. Uh, they were wearing low-cut, slate-gray, slinky, spaghetti-strap dresses that looked like cheap lingerie. Uh, they all had the stripper vibe, but one of the bridesmaids dressed up in the stripper vibe was a skinny, unshaven young man with a hairy chest and a bulging crotch, hairy legs, and white tennis shoes. He was, as the Daily Mail put it, an exclamation point on the singularly ugly affair. But this is what, uh, these are the people who are controlling what you watch, if you watch television, if you watch entertainment. So, in many cases, it's the parents who are at the center of this for whatever reasons. You know, want a virtue signal to people to get attention, a celebrity. Uh, the judge, a judge in Texas, has ordered a halt to a probe of two families uh, who had transgender kids. Uh, according to Texas law, uh, they have now uh, passed a law saying uh, that uh, a lot of this stuff is um, child abuse. And it is. It is abuse. I mean, look at what Schreiber is doing with his kid. I think that's abusive. But all of them. I mean, you have pictures of them in makeup kissing each other. Uh, so this particular judge, Jan Soifer, granted a temporary injunction uh, in Travis County, uh, where we are happy to be away from, <laughs> you know, Travis County has declared itself as a sanctuary city for transgender kids. And here's a judge doing just that, uh, her ruling, she said only applies to the plaintiffs. She did not rule on whether the injunction could be implemented to freeze all child abuse investigations, uh, based on parents who are, uh, doing bizarre sexual things with their kids. Uh, so, you know, that's, um, at least it's that, at least it's just, um, uh, these particular cases. And again, it's one of the reasons why I talk about judicial supremacy, why I understand that you're going to have divided power. And I understand that it is because of our system of government, it's a legitimate thing for a sheriff or for a judge or for a town council or a governor or a state legislature or whatever to nullify something that somebody else is doing and have that kind of thing. But in the past, you know, one judge can say, well, I'm going to stop this Texas law for the entire state instead of just ruling on these uh, two particular cases. So at least that is not happening here. Uh, but I want to show you just why, why is it that we make these kinds of exceptions for schools, right? I think that's the most important thing from uh, this next clip that I have for you. Uh, it is, um, <clears throat> a Florida father who goes to a school board. Now this is a, a guy who, uh, to his credit, uh, he ha doesn't have his child in the school system. Uh, he said, um, that his child, he made the mistake of putting his child in a, in a public school, a government school in New York. And he said, um, he sent his 15 year old son to New York public schools for two years in kindergarten and in first grade. And he said it did considerable harm, quote unquote, to his son. He said, that's why I'm here. I never shook it off and I'll never stop fighting. We got him into a private school promptly after the first grade. 
but the damage was done. It took five years, in my opinion, to put him back on the right track. And so now what he's doing is he's pushing back against the Sodom go Marxist agenda, uh, the trans agenda, the critical race theory agenda, all this stuff. And so he pulled his kid out of the burning building, and now he is trying to stop them from killing the rest of the kids, mentally, spiritually. And so uh, he goes, he's got a, a book that he thinks consists of pornography, and he brings it up to read it at the school board meeting, and this is what happens. Um, tonight, I'm going to give a sampling from three books that are in our libraries, the Fleming School and the Oakleaf School. And then we can discuss, you can discuss, the process by which these books get on the shelves, because there's a Clay County employee that got paid to put this book, Lucky, by Alice Sebold. I'm going to read things. If there's children watching, cover their ears. He began to need I'm going to stop you right there, sir. Opening. I'm going to stop you right there. Turn the microphone mm -hmm. off. Turn off his microphone, please. I've told you I'm stopping you. The reason I'm stopping you is because these meetings are, if you'll hush your mouth for a minute and listen, instead of just talking, you may learn something. How condescending. <laughs> The problem is, sir, is these meetings are broadcast. There are people at home that are watching it on YouTube. There are people that are watching it on community television. Are you going to listen or are you going to run your mouth? You'll get it back. But you'll get it back to talk about something besides reading pornography into a, a public television set. Well, let me explain something to you. There are federal and state laws that prohibit you from saying the things that you're getting ready to say on television. There are state laws that prohibit, and federal communications laws, that prohibit you from publishing these things to a child. You don't have the, you don't have the ability at this point to determine who's watching the television show. And for you to say, everybody cover your ears just doesn't cut it. If you go to, if, if you go to, television and you look before anything that comes on that's offensive they have it graded as r nc17 pg or g or x now if if you put something on the television without that you are violating state and federal law number one number two if you'll hush a minute and listen you'll learn something okay there are ways for you to have this removed from the library and to have it well, I hope you learned something about that. Why, why is it so horrible to have this read to the television when this is being read to the children, when it's being approved and given to the children to read? Why, why is it that the schools are getting a pass on pedophilia? Now, that's the real issue. How in the world does that get a pass? We're not going to allow this on television. Why aren't you going to allow it on television? I mean, if it's in the schools, if you're putting it out there and you're agreeing with this and, and again, he doesn't want to have it. He doesn't want people to hear that. And he doesn't want to have a discussion about how, uh, you know, who, who is the employee that's being paid by taxpayers to find this kind of filth and put it in there for kids who is putting child pornography in the schools. And you see there, there's laws against that for television and for media. 
And how many times have we seen people who they, they run sting operations on the internet and all of a sudden you've got some famous person who, uh, gets SWAT teamed and arrested and sent to jail for a significant period of time because they're grabbing child pornography, but it's okay to put it in the library. It's okay to put it in the schools. Why is that the case? Why do we purge it out of, out of television and why do we arrest people for putting it in their home, but you can put it in the public library for the kids, in the school library. That's what you need to pay attention to. Uh, <laughs> there are state laws that prohibit and federal communication laws that prohibit you from publishing these things to a child. There are laws that prohibit you from downloading this kind of stuff onto your computer. So why can you put it in a school library? Please explain that to me. He says, you don't have the ability at this point to determine who's watching the TV show, but they know who's going into the school libraries. They know the ages of the kids who are going into the school libraries, and they put it in there nevertheless. Uh, for you to say, everybody cover your ears, it just doesn't cut it. Well, it just doesn't cut it for you to say, we have an, ex an exemption for pedophilia because we're a school. Because we're a school board, and we'll cut your mic off. Just amazing. Just amazing. Taxpayer-funded Brooklyn Public Libraries hosting a drag queen makeup tutorial for teens. Did they ever do that just, you know, for girls who wanted to learn how to do makeup? Did they ever have a tutorial for that? No, probably not. But uh, the event is called Teen Time, the Art of Drag, a makeup tutorial. The makeup tutorial would be held by a drag performer, Oliver Click, a program director for Drag Queen Storytime Hour. And, of course, Drag Queen Storytime Hour, national organization now, riddled with many sex scandals. They brought in multiple times. They brought in sex offenders, including child sex predators, to uh, engage with the kids in a highly sexualized thing. And, again, I played that clip a couple of weeks ago of a guy who said, I'm a conservative, but I'm a drag queen. <laughs> it's like, okay, get past that. And what the person said, though, he says, I want to address heterosexual mothers. Do you realize how sexually charged this is? Do you realize this drag queen culture, he said, is one of nightclubs and strippers and drugs and all the rest of the stuff? Would you let a heterosexual prostitute or would you let a heterosexual drug addict come in and engage your kids in a sexual way like that? Why is it okay? Well, well it's okay because it's homosexual. It's homosexual. So uh, we all have to bow to that. And we have to surrender our kids to that. Or else we're evil. Or else we're killing the kids if we don't do that. Uh, so the Drag Queen Storytime Hours brought in multiple sex offenders and child sex predators. And if you don't do that, you're not tolerant. And you're not embracing diversity. So bow the knee, right? Seattle Public Schools are directing students now to sex change resources. Uh, and one person who is now 35 years old says, what have I done? He said, um, there is an avalanche of detransitioners coming. It's a British man planning to sue the UK's National Health Service. I've mentioned this guy before, but I didn't talk about the fact that he's 35 years old. He did this four years ago. He was 31 years old. I mean, they're doing this practically to kids who are like 31 months old. 
That's not much of an exaggeration. They're not much older than three years. Uh, kindergarten and preschool, they're pushing this kind of stuff on them. And then, you know, saying, oh, well, you can have, uh, we'll facilitate this. This guy was 31 years old. His name is Richie Heron. He said, when the anesthesia wore off from his 2018 surgery, the now 35-year-old Richie Heron immediately recalled thinking, what have I done? And he talked about the procedure on the Daily Mail. Uh, he had in the procedure, uh, he was castrated and had his, um, uh, you know, bottom surgery, full bottom surgery. Uh, he is homosexual. He said he had battled depression much of his life. Well, what he needs is he needs full-on bottom surgery. That'll get him out of his depression. No, that'll make him suicidal, as we've seen from some others. Uh, he says as a young person, he dealt with feelings, feelings of gender dysphoria, and he ultimately decided with significant prompting, I wonder where he got the significant prompting, that physically altering his body was the only answer to his problems. Do you think it might have been from the psychological people? You, you think it might have been from the person who wanted to perform the surgery on him? Uh, he said, um, this has now rendered him sterile and incontinent. Incontinent. And we've heard that over and over again. The physical effects of this bottom surgery. He said, it was the biggest mistake of my life. But, you know, if you want to be a transgender individual in the military, you don't have to go to all the trouble of having that horrific bottom surgery. Uh, the U.S. Army will now require that women shower with men and men shower with women. It's the headline of the New American. And it's much easier. You don't have to go through any surgical stuff. You don't have to have a mastectomy. You don't have to have castration, any of that stuff. Um, the Department of Defense has training slides that were picked up by Breitbart. And they have a, what they call deers, <laughs> deers. Uh, but they spell it uh, D-E-E-R-S, as in caught in the headlights. Uh, the Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System. And uh, one of the slides there talks about a female soldier who wants to identify as a male. It doesn't have to have a mastectomy or any of that other stuff. Uh, and so in the slide, they say, following his transition from female to male, which did not include sex reassignment, and with gender markers changed in their database that they called DEERS, a transgender soldier begins using male barracks, male bathroom, and male shower facilities. Because he did not undergo a surgical change, the soldier still has female genitalia. And so they um, go back and forth with this. Uh -oh. Transgender soldiers are not required or expected to modify or to adjust their behavior based on the fact that they do not match other soldiers, is what the military is saying here. So they don't have to change their bodies. They don't have to uh, adjust their behavior to conform to you. You have to conform to them. Military personnel who don't go along will be disciplined. Say, so you are the one who must change. They changed their mind, and now you must uh, not just tolerate that, but you must celebrate it. You have to celebrate that. And you have to uh, allow people who are biologically a different uh, gender into the showers and the dressing rooms and everything else. I'm curious if they're giving these uh, trans soldiers testosterone. 
Because one of the things many women have commented on is they're not ready for the aggression testosterone gives them. They don't understand what it's like to have that much of it in your system. And they routinely talk about, like, uh, once I'm off of it, now I, I, I can, you know, I'm not as angry and people don't aggravate me anymore and I'm calmer. Are they ready for that? Are they just going to hand these people a gun and not be like, you're going to be angrier and more ready to fight everyone about everything now? Well, maybe that's what they wanted. I, I don't know. I don't. What is the excuse then for Theresa May and for Nikki Haley? They want to blow everybody up. I've called them the Valkyrie for a long time. Is, is is? Are you telling me you think maybe Nikki Haley is on testosterone? <laughs> Might explain some things. That would that would explain some of it. I guess. I I don't know. Uh, Fawn, see, thank you very much for the tip. She says, uh, thanks for keeping things real. I wish I could give more, but since my husband died, things have been, t oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, again, as the, I appreciate it, but the, the person who wrote me about, um, uh, having lost their job, don't feel, uh, that you need to contribute. I, you know, I, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, in this uh, article from Breitbart, as they're talking about the military, um, they, they go back to talk about this uh, swimmer. Um, he calls himself Liar Thomas. I call him Liar Thomas. Liar Thomas. Uh, while the fear of reprimand may prevent soldiers who disagree with the policy from expressing those views publicly, some female teammates of swimmer Liar Thomas have shared how they felt about sharing a locker room with a male. Uh, one swimmer said it's really upsetting because liar doesn't seem to care how it makes anyone else feel. The 35 of us are just supposed to accept being uncomfortable in our own space and locker room for like the feeling of one person. As the daily mail said, multiple swimmers have raised this issue multiple times, but they were basically told that they could not ostracize liar by having him in the locker room. And there's nothing we can do about it that we basically have to roll over and accept it. And we can't use our locker room because liar is camping out there. Uh, once gender transition is complete, says the military and soldiers, gender markers are recorded and deers is changed. Uh, the soldier is expected to adhere to all military standards associated with the soldiers, gender marker and deers and to use billeting bathroom and shower facilities in accordance with the deer's gender marker. So it gets to the point, Travis, where they're not just saying if somebody files this, you have to, uh, treat them that way. You know, it's a male who says I'm now a female. So now you got to treat the male as a female and let that male into all the female areas, uh, you know, private areas, bathrooms and showers and all the rest of this stuff. But they're also warning that person that they have to do that have to do that because this is what really matters for our military as the government, the Biden administration is trying to push us and push us and push us into a war. Uh, tell me that this is not about trying to destroy this country. Uh, Jim Banks, Republican from Indiana, uh, a Navy reservist, a member of the House Armed Services Committee said, our adversaries are not wasting their time with this stuff. We need to get serious about countering serious threats that we face abroad. No, the reality is, is that they're serious about threatening people. They're serious about increasing the threat and then eviscerating us 
from being able to do anything about their threats and their wars that they start. It is a war on normalcy, as Breitbart put it. And, you know, we are in a fight, a fight for normalcy. And it wasn't that long ago that we celebrated the fight for Normandy, the beginning of June. And uh, now we're in a fight for normalcy, and we better hit the beaches and hit them hard. Uh, the Marine Corps has banned Bible verses. You remember this story from a couple of years ago. Uh, this was back in February of 2020. And you had a situation where there was a dog tag company, and they would make custom dog tags and commemorative dog tags and stuff like that, and people would use them as gifts. And so they had a, a really broad line of dog tags, and some of them had Bible verses on them. And the Marine Corps threatened them and said, you can't sell that. Uh, you can't use the Marine Corps logo or whatever it is. I mean, it's, I didn't know that they had like uh, royalties or something, I guess. I don't know. Uh, in February 2020, the U.S. Marine Corps decided to pull the license of Shields of Strength in response to one radical organization's erroneous complaint. And um, so the people who are suing them over this said, well, we explained to the Marine Corps that if they approved the sale of the SOS religious products, uh, that is a Shields of Strength, that's the name of the company. So if they approve the sale of SOS religious products that include the official U.S. Marine Corps emblem, and also approve the sale of SOS non-religious products that include the USMC emblem, then there isn't a First Amendment issue. You see, they're not establishing anything. They're just saying, here's the logo, and if, you know, just as we would think of it. You know, they're not taking a particular stance. You can buy this. Here's a logo, and you can basically put on it what you want to put on it. You can buy it with different types of sayings. You can buy it with secular sayings. You can buy it with religious sayings. They said, however, if you go the other way, if the U.S. Marine Corps prohibits the sale of SOS religious products that include the emblem, while permitting the sale of non-religious products, they would be in violation of the First Amendment by denigrating religious expression in favor of non-religious expression. And that's the issue. I would put it differently. I would say that uh, what they're doing is they're establishing a different religion. You know, religions are a worldview and uh, other, other things like that. So they're just promoting and establishing uh, maybe it's an anti-Christian religion, maybe it's a secular religion, maybe it's uh, secular humanism or whatever, yeah. So, you know, there's these different beliefs, and these people hold these things very religiously. I mean, just look at what they say about abortion. It is like a religious right with them. And uh, they will get out there and uh, uh, yell anti-Christian things and pro-Satan things and all the rest of the stuff, but it is a religious right with them. And so... Uh, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, these are belief systems. It's a worldview. It's got things that they want people to do. And uh, that checks all the boxes, in my opinion, for a religion. And um, so what they're doing is they're denigrating one. Uh, and, and so they're taking a position in terms of rewarding certain belief systems and punishing others. And that's what the First Amendment prohibits. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And um, before we do, real quickly, I want to thank uh, truck driver Ron. Thank you very much for the tip, $10, and DJ in Ohio. Thank you very much.
uh, $5. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Deceit. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. You're listening to The David Knight Show. All right. Um, there's an article from LifeSite News, uh, and actually it came out last uh, Friday. Why is the Daily Wire promoting same-sex surrogacy? Now, the Daily Wire is the uh, news organization that uh, Ben Shapiro runs. And he's got some people who have programs on the Daily Wire. He has had for a while uh, a guy by the name of Dave Rubin. And Dave Rubin is homosexual. And um, politically, he is conservative. And recently, and I've talked about this, it was um, kind of a polarizing thing. He had congratulations from... Most of the media conservatives, when he announced uh, that he and uh, the guy that he's in a same-sex mirage with were going to be surrogate parents. They had hired a woman to have a baby, and um, or a couple of them, actually. I think they're having two, uh, starting a family at the same time. And so one other person who is now part of the Daily Wire is Jordan Peterson the psychologist. And so the two of them had a program and uh, Jordan Peterson hosted an episode where he and Dave Rubin talked about same-sex surrogacy of children. And so this person, Sam Dorman, is uh, someone, he says, I've talked about uh, my struggle with same-sex attraction. And he says, and I empathize with others who do as well. And so this guy is Catholic. Uh, he writes for LifeSite News. He says he has same-sex attraction, but as a Christian and as a follower of uh, someone who's trying to follow Christ, he says, uh, that he uh, sees it as um, from a different perspective. And he sees it as something that is intrinsically evil. And so he says, I'm not trying to demonize these guys, but he said there's an issue here. And he makes a very important point because we need to start thinking about what the family is truly about. Uh, I've said many times, even when we talk about uh, marriage and um, you know, the same-sex mirage issue, I've said many times, even in societies in the past, like the Greek society, where homosexuality was completely normalized. There was no stigma to it. But they did not have a same-sex mirage because they saw marriage and family as being to produce, the purpose being to produce children. And it was all about that. So the, the attacks are on uh, parental rights because the attacks, is, uh, attacks are really on the family. 
And so uh, this uh, program that was Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin, the title was Gay Parenting, Promises and Pitfalls. And there was a tweet that uh, the Daily Wire had put out that they've now deleted. And the tweet touted the program, said uh, uh, Peterson and Rubin discuss, quote, the evolution of his lifestyle and the uncharted territory of gay fatherhood. Peterson held up conservatives who favored same-sex mirage as people who, conservatives who are more enlightened. Enlightened. Um, yes, uh, Satan sometimes <laughs> is, is a, an angel of light, and so they have now been enlightened in that sense, I guess. Uh, Rubin went so far as to suggest that conservatives should consider him to be a hero for starting a family, rather than indulging in the promiscuous lifestyle that is typical of homosexuals. Uh, so this is this is uh, this is something that, unlike the, the the people who are spouting the Marxist rhetoric and the cis this and cis that and and telling telling you that your speech is violence and all that sort of thing, this is something that has far more ability to change people. We have somebody like Dave Rubin and uh, Jordan Peterson pushing this. What are the issues here, and why do we oppose this? Well, this uh, author, again, his name is Sam Dorman, uh, who has same-sex attraction, he says. He said, just last month, you had Ben Shapiro pinning an op-ed in which he lamented the betrayal of Fox News uh, with conservatives when they endorsed, endorsed transgenderism with Bruce Jinder. And that is a betrayal and, um, of Sean Hannity and Fox News. But while Ben Shapiro will call, you know, Sean Hannity and Fox News' worship of Bruce Jinder a betrayal, he puts Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin out there to redefine the family. Uh, so uh, Sam Dorman says, Daily Wire's growing success as a conservative organization uh, is encouraging, but it has pointed to a much deeper hypocrisy within that outlet. See, not just Dave Rubin and um, Jordan Peterson are working there with Ben Shapiro, but he also has Matt Walsh, who just recently did the excellent, uh, from the clips that I've seen, I haven't seen the documentary, but the clips I've seen of it are excellent. What is a woman? Uh, that documentary, he says, has done extremely well. Matt Walsh has helped to elevate the central damning question surrounding transgenderism, namely that it rests on the illusory and ever-shifting criteria for how to define particular genders. Focusing on women isn't likely a coincidence either. Walsh has continually suggested that gender ideology is misogynistic, or is hates women, in that it attempts to erase true womanhood. He argues that trans women, uh, men who are pretending to be women, are making a mockery of females' unique biological features and devaluing those same features in the process. I've talked for the longest time how, uh, when this all first began, and we've seen this happening over and over again, uh, with uh, a Harry Potter um, author as well as many actors and actresses. I think Bette Midler was the one who just got caught up in it. You know, J.K. Rowling, they've, they've come after her with the knives out. And I said, it's kind of interesting to watch the radical feminists, the left, you know, the L's, take on the T's and the LGBT. It's created something of a civil war there. 
so then this person says, so why is the Daily Wire backing another modern heresy that doesn't, uh, that does exactly that, that devalues the features of women in the process? He makes the case that this is not about even adoption, uh, because in an adoption situation, uh, if it's not, he says, and, and, you know, he and uh, Jordan Peterson acknowledge, Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson acknowledge that it's not an ideal situation. But they said, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an enlightened situation. And he says, uh, if it was an adoption, then you would be offering a practical solution to a less than perfect situation. But you would be focusing your solution to take care of the needs of the child. We've got a child here that the parents aren't going to do anything with this child. So if you want to step in and try to help this kid, that's one thing. But it's a very different thing if you go out in search of somebody to create a child, because that's now about your needs. And you're creating a child and putting them in a situation that you just acknowledged is less than ideal for your own benefit. That's not a good way to start out parenting. And so he said, as the two of them are talking about it, um, <laughs> uh, he says, so why are they backing this modern heresy that does just that? Social conservatives may be tempted to focus on the same-sex nature of Rubin's arrangement, but it's important to recognize the way that he is exploiting womanhood. You see, this is not even so much about his homosexuality as it's the way that Dave Rubin and his same-sex mirage partner are exploiting womanhood. He says, Rubin suggests to Peterson that this isn't just renting a womb because a mother is voluntarily seeking to use her procreative capabilities for something that is perceived to be good. This is coming from conservatives. This is the kind of rhetoric that you hear from uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, who wants to, I think he just did, uh, decriminalize sex work, he calls it. It's prostitution. It's dehumanizing to women. And, um, you know, that is uh, what you would expect from the left. But why is it that uh, you have conservatives who are pushing that kind of libertarianism over morality? He says, even he described the process of searching for an egg donor as something sort of like Tinder. And he's right. Both Tinder and egg donation, which is a very lucrative market, uh, treat people as commodities to be purchased. You see, this is what's wrong about it. This is what's wrong about, quote-unquote, sex work. This is what's wrong about the surrogacy issue here. It treats people as commodities to be purchased, to be consumed in the market. Rather than honoring a woman's procreative abilities, this tender-like model exploits her body. Surrogacy uses women's bodies, and discards both her and her personhood once she gives birth. And, as he points out, Reuben's surrogate mothers won't be able to pursue one of the most important relationships they will ever have as a human being. Motherhood. He bought them off. And uh, that is the key issue. That is a key issue. 
I've got a quote here from Mm -hmm. G.K. Chesterton, I think kind of applies. Sorry to keep bringing you back to him, but uh, it's about Oscar Wilde. He said, uh, Oscar Wilde said that sunsets were not valued because we could not pay for them. But Oscar Wilde was wrong. We can pay for sunsets. We can pay for them by not being Oscar Wilde. (laughs) uh, Sunsets all rainbow-like, right? (laughs) To me, it's, it's... Children of the sunset, you should not try it. This isn't a business transaction. This isn't something you go searching for. It's a blessing from God if it happens. That's right. Yeah, it's one of the things we were talking about in terms of, um, you know, uh, why, why abortion was such a key thing. Uh, and uh, in many different respects, I mean, of course, it is uh, about a human life that is there, but it is also, and that's the primary issue, uh, but as... Um, uh, one of these um, uh, people that I, I brought up a couple of weeks ago was saying, you know, so one of the reasons why we treat rape as a particular uh, heinous crime is because it gets to the very essence of who we are and, and it, because it is such a central part. A mother giving birth to a child on a purely mercenary commercial basis is uh, uh, a very difficult thing. Anyway, he defends, uh, Reuben defends surrogacy while suggesting conservatives are trying to make the perfect to be the enemy of good. No, but it is the same issue that we talked about with abortion. As I said, you don't make the decision of abortion as to when a person begins. It's not a question of when, it's who. Who creates the person? God does, right? Uh, Is it up to us to redefine the family? Is it up to us to redefine marriage and then redefine the family at the same time? So God defined the family. He had a purpose in that. And uh, this is a you know godless editing of the purpose of life is really what is the essence of this. And this is why I oppose it. Uh, we can make all kinds of practical uh, statements about it, uh, you know, and, and we can have uh, thoughts about political issues and that type of thing, but that is the calculus for me. God begins life, and uh, we are not to set in judgment as to when that life has value or personhood, because that's going to be used uh, for people at the other stage of life. It'll be used for people who are sick or injured or have physical disabilities throughout at any age. Uh, All of these things have consequences when we depart from and no longer hold up uh, the ideals that God has given us. As I've said many times, God's prohibitions ought to be understood as the same type of thing we tell a child. You see that really pretty red glowing thing up there? Uh, that's a stove. Don't touch it. Oh, but I want to touch that. And that's, that's what we do. Uh, he, he finishes by saying, um, uh, he and Reuben and Peterson uh, argue that opposite-sex parenting is ideal. But the reality of same-sex couples indicates another path is permissible. Surrogacy, though, is not an ethical solution to a difficult problem. It is an unnecessary evil that corrupts society, and it corrupts the individuals who are participating in it. Reuben would apparently like you to believe that he is a pioneer for a new conservative world. You see, Do you, do you want to have a new conservative world order? Do you want to have a new liberal world order? Who sets the orders? Who makes the orders? Do you want conservatives and liberals playing God, vetoing what God has laid out for us? As creator, he knows what is best for us. 
He says, there is no conservatism when you eschew moral tradition and natural law. He says, let's be clear, Reuben is not making lemons out of lemonade as adoptive parents often do. He is needlessly putting innocent children in an adverse situation for his own purposes, for his own self-actualization, because he is ultimately, he doesn't say this, but I will say this, he is ultimately a lover of self. A lover of self. That is what we have been warned about. You know, we have um, Biden wanting to uh, use emergencies <laughs> now. Uh, a new public health emergency. Uh, we've got kids who are being born, right? Emergency. So get everybody. Everybody to get from city. Everybody must get from womb because we have children who are being warned and so uh, born. And so this is a uh, Biden considers this to be a health emergency if we can't destroy enough of these unborn children. Uh, you have <laughs> a Harvard instructor. Uh, this is Jonathan Turley pointing this out. Um, a Harvard instructor calling for people to accost justices in public and saying they should never know peace again. Jonathan Turley says, we recently discussed the Georgetown law professors who defended more aggressive targeting, but now we have a Harvard clinical instructor, Alejandra Car Caraballo, saying the six justices who overturned Roe should never know peace again. Uh, it is a civic duty of every American to harass them. Well, no, uh, I think uh, Biden was right when he called it woe. Woe. <laughs> I'm glad that woe has had some things that have overturned it. But look, uh, people need to return from killing babies, or you will literally uh, and eternally never have peace. Uh, that is the issue. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is now outraged, and they have a, a great lunatic uh, picture of this unhinged woman, calling to shut down crisis pregnancy centers all around the country, falsely accused them of fooling women out of getting an abortion. Look at that face. Yeah. Uh, in Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers, she says, that, we, that are, are there to fool people looking for pregnancy termination. Yeah, you fool them by showing them pictures, sometimes moving pictures of the baby inside of them. Or you let them hear the sound of a beating heart that's not their heart that's beating. It's beating at a different rate. You tell them that that's not your body, that's another person in there. Are you going to kill that tiny person, your child? Oh, that's deception, she says. No, they are the ones deceiving people. And in terms of using people in terms of deception and the rest of this stuff. You know, it's an interesting development in this the story that I think I talked about first uh, maybe about a week or so ago, uh, a little bit longer than that maybe, uh, the story about the 10-year-old who was raped in um, Ohio, and because it was past the uh, date of getting uh, an abortion, uh, went to Indiana to get the abortion. And so I talked about it from the standpoint, well, what do we do about that? You know, this is a, a bigger issue. Rape is a big issue with abortion, and it's a big, even bigger issue when it is a young child at 10 years old. A lot of people said, that's not a true story. Uh, that is um, 10-year-old. I'm not even sure a 10-year-old can get pregnant. And, um, and yet I pointed out the same thing had happened in Brazil. 10-year-old got pregnant, wound up having the abortion at the age of 11, uh, the physicians didn't want to do it. 
And a judge sided with the physicians and tried to talk to the girl and tell her, I want you to stay in a home and I want you to think about this. I don't, you know, I want you doing this and essentially sided with the physicians not to do it. And then the public health person there overrode the judge and the physicians and made sure she got an abortion. And the child was 29 weeks old when that happened. That child could easily have survived on its own. And uh, when you talk about the uh, issue, uh, you understand that an abortion is not necessarily less invasive, less traumatic, less of an issue than giving birth. It isn't. I mean, the, the crime was rape. And that's what Bolsonaro was saying and many others. So it became a big issue there. And, and as I looked at it, I, I agreed with Megan Fox. It was a little bit too pat. Uh, it was uh, put out there by an abortion activist who happens to make lots and lots of money killing babies. And uh, she was in Indiana, and she claimed that it was her patient, but she was clamming up and not giving anybody any information. Snopes said they didn't believe it, couldn't confirm it. Washington Post said the same thing. Uh, Megan Fox was adamant, I don't believe any of this stuff. If this were a crime, she said, this person would be required to notify the officials. And I said, yeah, well, you would think, wouldn't you? Except that doesn't happen, frequently doesn't happen with Planned Parenthood. And so as this thing has now developed, it broke yesterday afternoon that, yes, someone has been rape, uh, arrested for raping this 10-year-old girl, and it is an illegal alien. And so now the conservative press is on that. Look, that's just one aspect of it, and we know that that is happening a lot with children who are crossing the border. There's a lot of child trafficking. There's a lot of rape of children and of women, trafficking of women, trafficking of children, rape of women, rape of children. That is uh, one of the aspects that are there. Uh, but um, now they've identified Gershon Fuentes, a 27-year-old illegal alien. He has now allegedly admitted to raping the girl. Uh, they gave him uh, DNA tests and uh, that type of thing. Uh, not clear what kind of punishment he is going to get. Uh, but um, uh, the Columbus police were made aware of the girl's pregnancy through because of the mother, not because of this physician. And so my comments about the fact that Planned Parenthood covers up rape, covers up statutory rape all the time. We're not going to tell your parents, not going to tell the police. We're going to let that rapist go. They do that all the time. Don't tell me that they're defending women when they do that. They're leaving rapists out there when they do that. Pedophile rapists they leave out there. Ohio State Attorney General Dave Yost said, although Ohio has usually limited abortion across the state, its law allows for medical emergencies, which include uh, the 10-year-old girl who was raped. I understand this is a very difficult decision. Uh, this is like Solomon, who had the two mothers fighting over the baby. He said, well, just cut them in half. And he found out who valued the child's life. And when we look at this situation, this is, I think, a litmus test. It's a difficult situation. But you can look at this and find out who values human life. Thanks for listening. Common Man. They created Common Core to dumb down our children. They created Common Past to track and control us. 
their commons project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. TheDavidKnightShow.com